episode cinco dogmatic dudes podcast you know who he is i'm one of your co-hosts merv along with my all right other co-host bloyd you just call me all right how we doing bud i mean you, you you can be good, I guess, sometimes, man. But we, we've, you know, you're 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 an acquired taste from time to time, you know. Oh, you're starting off ice cold today, huh? Yep, I'm getting spicy with you. Getting the jabs in early, I see. Our, yep, getting the jabs in early. So, hey, man. So let me ask you this: When you're doing pickup ball, who 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 do you hate the most when having to deal with? Who like who is the one? one player that you hate having to to guard you well for sure would just be like all around like a person that i can't play with just because uh his name's mike and he is quite a bit taller than me uh has longer arms than me um so basically like with my size versus his it's a hard to drive on him and b you know i i like to play some walk down defense from time to time and uh He's so tall, he can just, you know, pop right over me and get a floater um, or get one off the backboard just because he's, you know, he's got such a big wingspan. So, uh, yeah, playing with him is not fun. Um, and he's uber competitive, so he's just going at you 100%. And you're like, there's literally nothing I can do to stop you. Mm-hmm. What about you? With me, man, it's not one, like, specific person that I want to say – but the but like it, it, this is just like an archetype. The the try too hard white dude. <laughs> okay, explain. I think I know okay. what you're at here, but explain. All right, so the try too hard white dude. It's the guy you know that he's pretty darn athletic. You can tell that uh, basketball is probably not his first sport, but he can play the game. You know. Uh, the try too hard white dude is exactly that. He tries way too hard. Um, he he plays you like ultra aggressively on defense for no reason. Like he doesn't. Uh, he's like all over the place. He's like all up in your mug. And when you try to go up in the air, he contests it. And he like since he's a big dude too, he knocks you out all the time. So. I feel like the try too hard white dude. He he he's he's great to have a, as a teammate. Terrible to have play against you, okay. just because of the factor that they try way too hard in pickup ball, and it can cause somebody to get an injury. Okay, okay, yeah. I I I had a pretty uh, good idea of what you were referring to there uh, before you explained it, but yes, yeah. The, there there is definitely, regardless of you know pickup gym or like blacktop. Wherever you go to play some pickup ball, there's always going to be at least one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you have a couple of them, and it's wild, to say the least. Yeah, man. It's just – it's funny because they really do try really, really hard, and then right after, they're like, good game, man. Way to, way to go. And I'm just like, motherfucker, do you have any idea how many times you almost hurt me? Something like, in their brain. It's just like they, they got to go out and like prove to everybody like they're the shit, you know? Yeah. Like they got something to prove. Uh, like it's just, it, you know, uh, it's rec up ball or it's rec ball. It's pickup ball at the end of the day. Uh, but there are a lot of cases where people take it very seriously. I'll say, I'll say that. Yeah. Nah, bro. For sure. For sure. 
No, man, but you know who my favorite person to, that to guard me is, bro? Who? It, it, it's the small dude, the small big guy. You know, the guy that is too slow and uh, not, not very good at playing ball. So he's too slow to guard the guards. So, and he's a little bit bigger. Okay. So he has to guard me. Oh, well, you man. Just, you just getting floaters over him all day or you driving in? Oh, dude, I'm I'm driving in. I'm 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 trying to take advantage of that as much as possible. Tire him out, give him a little hezzy hay. Oh yeah, and what the best part about it is, dude, the 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 two other team members or 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 four other team members, depending if you play threes or fives, is like they're trying to double you, and dude, that's easy buckets. Yeah, that's and true. then and then they get frustrated. So, man, I, I just love – I love those guys. But, you know, obviously everybody has their own preferences. Dude, I had, I had some buddies in college, and they played, uh, they played basketball at a community college uh, before they, they came to my university. And uh, they played intramurals with us. And so they were – I mean, they were already considerably taller than everybody else. But, I mean, they were just like – you just let the two of them pass the ball around to each other because they'd go up and yam it down. Like, it was it was fascinating to watch them play. I'm like, oh, gotcha. So these guys were good enough to play on some collegiate level, and <laughs> now they're yamming on intramural yeah. athletes. Dude, intramurals are so much fun. Oh, man, I'm trying to get Serge and Ivan to come out, come out soon. Dude, those two can ball. Want to play basketball? Yeah, that dude. Oh my gosh, man! Just like Serge and Ivan, they almost have the same game, but not really. I feel like Ivan's more of a flashy player. Serge is more of a fundamental player, but they're just both so dang good. Yeah, they seem like, like I need tandem like in a lot of activities. Ivan, Ivan is the shit talker too, bro. Like it, it's so funny. Like if if uh, if somebody's starting to talk shit, he'll talk shit back. And he, he has the game to back it up too, dude. So he those two never back down from a from any situation, man. Crazy, those guys are crazy. Yeah, yeah. But hey, man. Speaking of basketball, you know, with the NBA coming back. Well, let's let's cross our fingers and knock on some wood. You know, presumably, yeah, coming back. Yeah, I just heard Trevor Ariza just. Um, uh, he opted out for to to come back. So, really, that uh, that's tough. Yeah, I wonder. I like here's the thing with about that free agency period that the that the teams get. I wonder if they are allowing the the players that opt out if they're still technically on the team. I mean, I would assume so. Yes, but I would, you're right. I'm not sure on the specifics. I would assume so. Yes, though. Um. Yeah. So like, like, let's say for instance, let's say for instance, three of your, of your rotation players, they decided to opt out. Can you, can you uh, sign three, three players then? Uh, and are those players, and then are those players replacing the, the, the previous three? I'm sure there's probably some limits on that. Um, and at that point, if they were going to opt out and you were trying to get assets in return, if you still, if they were still under contract, it would, almost make more sense to I don't know trade them depending on what you're you know what you're trading for in return 
That's just the way I look yeah, at it. No, I, uh, I'd imagine they probably thought this one through and they're probably like, okay, like this is, you know, probably a lot of like people on the injury, uh, injury reserve, things like that, like players that aren't playing right now. Um, but maybe teams that know they're already out of it. Like, I mean, if you didn't make this playoff scenario, like you're probably already trying to start looking at next year. So, but yeah, I mean, there, there there's only so much that's going to be traded because you only have so much of a crop to really yield anything from, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, um, I, I, this free agency is, isn't very, very loaded. There's only a few players that will honestly make a difference on the team. So it'll be very, very interesting to see those um, critical and crucial uh, rotation players for your team. I just, I'm just very curious to see how that changes everything. Well, and the other thing is, like, I, you look at if presumably this season goes uh, as, as planned to finish out, um, you know, the season's going to start back up right around the corner. So you're really only going to have – I feel like there's not going to be a whole bunch of movement um, from other teams other than the draft, obviously. Just because it was such a shortened year, maybe – there's probably a lot of scenarios where teams that they would have kept playing – the, the playoff picture would be a lot different. There's no denying that, right? So I think a lot of people are going to be – if they're getting paid money, of course, if they're getting – you know, they got a good deal or whatever the case may be, if they're not necessarily uh, frustrated over their situation, like I, I feel like a lot of players are just going to stay. There's going to be a lot of trades and big free agent signings, you know, all the big free agents that you can think of are pretty much locked up. So – or biggest players, I should say, not biggest free agents, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. But, yeah, man, so with that being said, top 50 players in the NBA currently. This list, I feel like for me, I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult than it was. It, and it's funny because you and I just had the conversation in, in, in pre-production that basically up until about 12 or 13 that's when things start getting really interesting and that's when the debate really starts get go- starts to get going it's funny i like last uh last time we did our list our top 10 quarterbacks were a little bit different and we we agreed on on the on the shittier ones yeah i think if i had to take a guess right now based on what i've seen of yours and uh, looking back at mine, I think that we're going to have a lot of very interesting uh, debate between about 12 and 35, 36, I think. So okay. this should this should be really interesting. Um, and disclaimer for uh, any of those listening, we did include players that aren't actively playing at the moment. So uh, there's definitely a couple examples of players that are out for the season um, but we, we obviously still have them in the list because they still match up to the other competition. So um, yeah, that was the thought process around that. And plus these guys that have the asterisk next to them, like there's no way you can't put them on this list in some capacity. So, all right, man, without further or do let's get this started. So for the top, uh, so you and I agreed that since our top, uh, our top 10 is so similar, we're just going to breeze right through them in groups of five and we're going to have a little bit of discussion about each group just because you know this is going to be a very very long list so we want to give you guys the listeners 
kind of a little bit of a break because if we just go player by player, we can probably be here for hours and hours talking about each player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we still want to keep it moving to some degree. And I think we, we, a lot of times on the show, we talk about the, the players are going to be in this top 10 anyways. So I think it's a, uh, it's a good idea. So why don't you go ahead and go down your one through five? Um, I'm pretty sure ours are identical, if not close to it. Okay. So for number one, I'm going to go with, of course, LeBron James. I still think he's the best player in the NBA until proven otherwise. Uh, number two, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Three, Kawhi Leonard. Four, Kevin Durant. Five, Anthony Davis. So, yeah. So I ended up having the exact same top five, but here is kind of the debate that I had. So I knew that LeBron was number one. I knew I had to put him there. And then I knew that AD was number five. The problem I had is two, three, and four, because presumably if four being Kevin Durant is healthy, him, Kawhi Leonard, and Giannis are almost interchangeable if they're all yes. playing. I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're very, very close. Um, I think Giannis has got the slight edge um, on both, but I mean, you could really make an argument to interchange those three. Um, but Anthony Davis at five is, it's, you know, it's fair and, uh, it's definitely no no snub on his part. He's a top five player. There's no doubt. Absolutely. I completely agree with you when it comes to Kevin Durant, Kawhi, and Giannis. The only reason why I I did Giannis, uh, I did did it in this order with Giannis, Kawhi, and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, I haven't seen in a while, and he was on a super team last time he played, so I kind of need to see him being – a number one player on a team that isn't so stacked. So I, that's, that's kind of what made me drop him down to four, but he can easily go back to two in my personal opinion. You know exactly how I feel. And the, I hope the listeners know how I feel about Kevin Durant. Well, I think, uh, to, I think to a certain degree with this list, even though you have players that are not playing right now because of injury, I still think it's fair to, you know, the injury definitely still has something to do with where they are on the list, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, here, look, well, here's the argument, man. Uh, his last, um, what I did for my, for my stats that I'm pulling, I pulled the, the stats out of their last uh, quote unquote full season. Yeah. Just to get a, a good big picture picture deal with them. Obviously I could have done the, the six games that Steph Curry did this season, but it, it wouldn't do him any justice. So but for his 2018-2019 uh, season, I mean, 26 points, 52%, 52% from the field goal, and 35.3% from the three-point line, along with 6.4 rebounds, almost six assists. And he's averaging uh, just over a block a game. Oh, Wait. by the way, did it, uh, I, I did forget to mention, he's seven foot two. <laughs> Well, yeah, that helps. That certainly helps. So, yeah. Get I mean, at we don't, me. We don't have any disagreements. I mean, we, yeah. we, we both are very fond of KD, and we know when KD is healthy and at his best that literally nobody can stop him. I mean, come on. At the end of the day, LeBron can't even stop him. I still think LeBron's Absol- a better yeah. player, but LeBron can't stop Kevin Durant. No, he cannot. It is – I'm telling you, man, I think now that Giannis is, 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 is up to his game a little bit, I think he he gives Kawhi or not Kawhi Kevin Kevin Durant a run for his money. I think this is just a random thought, but looking forward to next season, seeing a, a healthy KD with a Kyrie, and uh, versus PG thirteen and Kawhi, like 
that's going to be nice. That's th those are going to be some fun duo matchups, I think, to to watch and to. I think it's going to be very entertaining to say the least. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. But all right, so obviously, well, here, here, let's let's not disrespect LeBron James and Anthony Davis here. I mean, obviously, the king speaks for himself. You know, he well, is he is he's the best player in the world right now. And until his he he doesn't change how a whole team plays and and basically just changes uh changes the tides of of, of the NBA, he's still going to be the best player in the NBA. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it's a, it's still a pretty easy one to put put at number one, and it's just like Anthony Davis. I mean, the three guys above above him are you know no scrubs. So absolutely. But he and, deserves that five spot, and there, there's nothing that you could really argue with me that would take him away from that, in my opinion. And honestly, and honestly, he probably has been in this top five spot for the last three seasons. But the fact of the matter is, he played with a sad, with a sad, sorry ass uh, Pelicans team, and he was so, still a beast over there. And he was still a beast, but he wasn't getting the recognition that he needed. So I think him moving to LA was probably the smartest business decision that he has made for for himself i agree yeah all, all right. right next next 10 uh since i went uh you're next next five you mean not next 10 um, or next five my bad so yeah so six um have james harden i had to put him there uh efficient score had steph at seven had damian lord at eight i had luka Doncic at number nine um and number 10 i had jimmy buckets okay all right um for my number six i did james harden uh actually my six seven and eight are the exact same as yours uh james harden steph curry damian lillard in that order my number nine though is nikola Jokic, mm -hmm. and my number 10 is luka Doncic. okay so we'll We'll shift in there at the end. Um, I still think they're very close, and I think we both recognize that Doncic is definitely deserving of being, you know, top ten. Um, there's no doubt. Absolutely, you're you're blind and dumb if you don't think that Luka Doncic is a top ten player in the NBA right now. Oh, he definitely is. I mean, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, just like how captivating and how like fun he makes the game look, and how you know savvy he can be on the court. He's he's going to develop into. I mean, he's going to be a superstar. He already kind of is. But. He, yeah, I was about to say he all kind of already is, man. Look at, I mean, just, just, just stats from a from a second year player: twenty eight point seven points, uh, forty six point one percent field goal percentage, thirty one point eight three point percentage, along with nine point three rebounds, eight point seven assists, and he's adding a, a little over a steal a game. Oh yeah. There's, he's there's almost no he's almost average he's almost averaging a triple double in his second year. He's crazy, man. And we we know that it's only gonna be a few years before he's hoisting up that MVP award. I mean I'm get I'm giving him three seasons, man. If I'm I'm telling you, three or four seasons and, and Luka Doncic is gonna be be running the NBA. No doubt. No doubt. So you had Jokic at nine. I obviously know uh your fandom for Jokic, but I don't think that's a inappropriate 
uh, placing. I think Jokic is really good. I mean, looking ahead, I have him literally at 11. Um, it was a real tough debate for me. I had to put – Jimmy Buckets to me is just a very interesting um, player. And, yeah, he had some things going with the Timberwolves, but that Sixers team was definitely better with him around. We've talked about that. Um, and that Heat team, what he's doing, he's just so aggressive. And I, I feel like when he actually puts his mind to it and he doesn't have all the fucking, you know, media in his face and all the PR and stuff, I think Jimmy Buckets is uh, deserving of that nine spot. So that's why I had him there. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you because, I mean, like uh, like you were saying, I mean, I have Jimmy Butler at 11. So our, our 9, 10, and 11 are interchangeable. No doubt. You want you want to talk about your boy Jokic real quick? I feel like you probably do. Nikola Jokic, bro. What else can I? I. You can argue to me that 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 Joel Embiid is is the better center, and I will look at you and I will say no. I get it. I get it because he's more athletic. It makes him seem like he 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 makes a. He's more fun to watch. Let me just say that Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA currently. He is a point center, which uh, when was the last time you saw a point center in the NBA? And he's so clutch, dude. He does not fear the moment. He wants the ball in his hands. He wants to hit the ball in his hands when, 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 when the times get tough. I agree. And I think the, the argument, like, look, it, it is really close between Embiid and Jokic in some facets. Um, and JoJo's got his own thing going on. They're definitely, I mean, it's no secret. They're kind of two different, you know, players, uh, really. They play the position differently from one another. Um, Joel's obviously known for his defense um, and really, you know, known for his, his paint presence. And Jokic is such a facilitator. Um, he's a, a pretty solid shooter, you know, at least for being a center. Um, and he just makes it look so easy. Um, and it definitely, he gets the nod more because he's way more durable than Jojo. So, uh, as much as I love Jojo, it's just, you, you got to look at facts and facts are facts. Jokic is definitely the best center in the NBA. Yeah. If you don't say Anthony Davis is a center, which he truly isn't, but he's a, yeah, I think Anthony Davis is a power forward, but yeah, the, here's, here's, here's another difference between, between, uh, Jokic and Embiid. The offense runs through Jokic, but it's not for him to score. It's for him to facilitate. Mm-hmm. Literally, the ball – I feel like the only reason Jamal Murray brings the ball up is so that uh, Jokic can, can run to the top of the key so that he doesn't have to dribble and, ha- and, and have to deal with, with uh, dribbling <laughs> the other half of the court because he's so damn lazy. You know what the Sixers need? They need somebody – to and there's not a particular player that comes to mind at the moment, but they need a spacer. They need somebody that can give him space because he's so good in open space. Mm-hmm. They just need somebody like that's, that's the thought, problem. I thought Al Horford would kind of do a decent job at that, but it just doesn't really look like it's working out very well. It's not. It's a, It's not really necessarily Al Horford. It. It's. I'm telling you, man. Ben Simmons. Well, it's for sure some of Ben Simmons, and we've talked about that, and we understand that. That 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 is a, a very valid point. But I still think if he had somebody, you know, 
had somebody kind of by his side, another, uh, you know, big man of some sort that can help him space the floor, uh, et cetera, like that. When you see Embiid truly dominating, I mean, he's, he's dunking over people. He's taking those open threes. I mean, he's definitely fun to watch, but you're, you're, you're definitely right. Like the, the Nuggets run that offense through Jokic and it works because he facilitates the game so well. Basketball IQ is very high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. So we, we kind of – I already went through my 11, and we did speak about Jimmy Butler a little bit. So yeah. uh, now this is when we're going to start start breaking, breaking shit down on, on, on players. So my number 12 was Joel Embiid. As was mine because Jokic was my 11. Okay. So, I mean, again – Joel, one one knock about Joel Embiid is his health. It's always been it's always been an issue, but you cannot deny that he is an immense talent. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we all knew that him coming out of college. We all knew that if he could stay healthy, he was going to turn into something great. And when he's on the floor, he's nothing short of that. Exactly. But what is your best ability? Availability. Available. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, it, his 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 skills. And his assets are, are, are not being used right now because he cannot stay healthy. Plain and simple. For sure. For sure. All right. So, 13. So, this was a tough one. Um, I had Russ at 13. Okay. I had Kyrie. And see, that's, that's the thing. So, I have Kyrie at my 14, and this was a really, really, really tough debate for me. Um, because you're sacrificing a little bit of shooting with Russ, um, but you're getting assists, more rebounds. Um, you're getting a lot of value, especially in the paint um, from him. Obviously, the shooting is definitely somewhat of a, a detriment, um, but he hasn't always been historically a terrible shooter. It's only been a recent fit. And by terrible, I mean, you know, three-point range, 25.4%, not great. Um, but you know what you're getting with Russ. And he's not a shooter. So you, you know that. Um, Kyrie, on the other hand, um, he's the better shooter. Uh, actually, their points per game are pretty much neck and neck. Uh, yeah, but Kyrie's also, the, Kyrie's also the better finisher, too. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, but, yeah, it was a real tough debate for me. But I just had to take Russ because of the other – the extra things that he does on the floor. And that's not to say Kyrie's not a good passer um, or anything like that. But – I just did some of those, those other uh, categories uh, gave Russ the nod for me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with you because I like, like I said, I have Kyrie at 13, Russ at 14. Mm-hmm. I've told you this many, many times. I think I love Russell Westbrook. I, uh, I, I think that he is a tremendous talent. He has talent and hard work. And that is a very, very dangerous combination when it comes to an athlete. No doubt. And he is, he almost, he's got a very small sliver of the Michael Jordan gene. And I feel like he's always pissed off and always like, you know, he's so in his head about what other people think of him, I think. And I think that just fuels him because that's his fuel. Yeah, for sure. I think he's got a little bit of that, that Michael Jordan gene in him. No doubt. Absolutely. The thing here's the thing, I, and I forgot to mention this about Jimmy Butler, but I feel like players like Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler would have flourished in the '80s and the in the '90s. Oh yes, oh yes, they would have. 
I feel like Jimmy Butler would easily be be um, spoken in a different light if he played in the in the late '80s, early '90s. Well, you know what it is. They're they're hard nosed and they're rough and like. I, I just feel like you take them out of this NBA and you put them there. They almost fit better there. Yeah, it's because they also love the ISO too. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then the early 80s or in the late 80s, early 90s, that's what it really was. It was just, hey, you got one player and a lot of other really good players. Give the ball to the to the great player and get the fuck out of the way. You know, that's a fun hypothetical I have not really done is looking at current players and seeing what other errors they would fit in really well. That's an interesting mm-hmm. hypothetical. We won't go into that, but random thought. Yeah. So Our, 15, um, I don't – I saw your list. This guy, I just don't really feel like there has to be much of any explanation. Clay Thompson. Clay absolutely. Thompson. Yeah. There's just really not much you need to say. You know who Clay is. He's consistent. He's durable. Um, he just – he does everything. He's a, he's a great, great, great shooting guard. I mean, throwing nothing else I can say about him. And he's a mm-hmm. super likable person. He does – I mean – Agree. I, I agree with you 100%. He is my 15 as well. Um, Clay Thompson, man, as soon as he, he, he gets hot, bro, it is impossible to cool that boy down. Dude, and him off like, dude, he doesn't even need to dribble. That's the, that's the, that's the crazy thing. thing. His shot is so fast. It's so pure. It's so it's perfect. So butter. Honestly, here's my hot take. I think Clay Thompson is the better shooter out of the Splash Brothers. That's tough. I think he's got the better. I think he's got the better shot. I think he's got the better shot. I don't think he's think, overall a better shooter, but I do think he does have the better shot when it comes down to it. I, I don't know, man. I I think Clay Thompson, dude, he's just so automatic. Like you, like, and that's the thing about his shot. It doesn't have the 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 arc and the suspense that 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 Steph's has because you got to admit Steph's shot does have a little bit of arc. Oh, for sure. But Clay's is just like a it's perfect Clay. Artist. Clay, yeah. it's so it's so butter. You can tell every time that it leaves his hand, you know exactly where that ball is going to go. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, he definitely has the better shot. But historically, if you go back and look, Steph is definitely the better shooter. I think you can look at it in two different lenses. Um, and obviously, that's why it makes them so valuable together. Because if they have a night where they're both hot, I mean, even you remember back when they were both only in the league for a couple of years and the Warriors were just starting to make some there noise. There was so like, much fun watching them that when, uh, during that time too, when they were just, you know, starting to get, starting to get the whole NBA thing. Well, why do you think they got the nicknames? I mean, they were literally burying everybody with threes. It's to a lesser degree, the guys that remind me, I think the closest to them, and it, this is to a lesser degree. So I pump the brakes. This isn't a hot take, but if McCollum and Lillard were just a little bit sharper, I mean, Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a great duo, but there's not absolutely. very many like true guard duos like that. Uh, and Clay and Steph, I mean, it's gonna be hard to find another uh, guard duo like them. Uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, here's my argument. Here's my Damian Lillard is definitely a three point shooter. He he hits no, no. at a very very high rate. I I think it's more of CJ. If CJ was a little bit more more uh, more consistent with his three point shot. I think he has a nasty little mid range. I love I, every time I see CJ pull up from the mid range. I, I I think it's gonna go in every time. I'm gonna save the rest of what I'm saying about CJ when we get to him because I have yeah things. I have yeah things. all right. So we have Clay Thompson at 15. Who is your 16? Uh, I have Jason Tatum at 16. Okay, okay. So 
this was tough, but I couldn't disrespect this man either. I, I had to put Paul George. I had to put Paul George at mm. 16. Okay. I, I have mean, him down. I have him down a couple notches, but I mean, I'm not mad at that either. Um, I don't know, man. It's just Jason Tatum. It kind of just proved to me, kind of proved to me from his rookie, from his rookie year that he's that dude. Oh, he's definitely that dude. There's no he, doubt. There's he's no the, doubt. He's 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 going to be the Celtics uh the Celtics man for a very 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 long time. That he is so good. Well, and he's going to be he's going to be an icon, kind of like Doncic. He's going to be like Yeah, he he's going to be kicking it for a while. Guy's going to make yeah. a lot of money. Mhm. He he just needs if I I think he gets a little bit stronger and it's going to be scary. I think if he if he utilizes passing a little bit more too, like he could become a really, really deceptive player as far as, like, if he gets his passing down, I mean, because, you know, people are going to be doubling him constantly because, I mean, he's a good shooter. He can drive mm-hmm. on you. Like, he gets a little pass in there um, a little bit more than he's doing now. That becomes really, really dangerous. That becomes, to some degree, without the defense, that becomes what Ben Simmons could be, you know what I mean, as far as from, like, an offensive perspective, if he did have a jump shot. Yeah, absolutely. But Ben Simmons will never have a jump shot as long as – as long as it's it's up to him, I guess. So Jason Tatum uh, sitting at thirty nine point eight percent from three point. Uh, that's pretty impressive for him. I would have thought it was a little bit lower, like maybe thirty seven, thirty six and a half, but just about forty percent. Um, yeah, along with complain. seven rebounds, and I mean he can do a little bit of more assisting, but I feel like he has that that Michael Jordan and Kobe gene where he's just like. No, I need the ball in my hands if we're going to end up winning. For sure. Um, I had to put Paul George there. I just – Again. Paul George can get cooked in. And that – like, the thing about him, um, and I, I, I can't believe I didn't mention it with Clay. I should have mentioned it. Him and Clay are both great wing defenders. Great wing defenders. They play very solid defense. I mean, there's no secret Paul George is a – I mean – that's the advantage, especially with Kawhi now. Uh, you have that that good lockdown defense, um, and plus they're they're both very capable of scoring. Um, and Paul George, I mean, he's been the shit for a while. I have to I have to give my man a nod. Yeah, man. I mean, Young Teresa is he's he's good, man. I love I love Paul George, but here's the thing, man. He gets hurt, and he gets hurt in crucial in crucial moments too. There, there's like, no doubt he's got some durability issues as well. But to me, I still felt like if you looked at him, I think if it were him, Jason Tatum, and Ben Simmons standing next to each other, I still think you would be a fool not to take Paul George, depending on the scenario, of course. But Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. Jason Tatum, I just think he's just – he's raw, he's younger, he, and he can – dude, the sky's the limit for him. I mean, Paul George is what? late 20s early 30s now late 20s he may be 29 um his body's not getting any any younger dude so it's still to me i had to put him i mean jason tatum's my 17 so you know Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's not like i was giving any disrespect to jason tatum i love him i think he's gonna be awesome but i just i felt felt disrespectful if i didn't put paul george there so man watching him especially man I know we're not grading them on their entire careers necessarily, but, ooh, man, him with the Pacers. Oh, 30, yes, absolutely. 30. 
he was so so good with the Pacers, man. I mean, he's good, been good everywhere he he's he's been at. Well, he's been I'm not saying I'm not calling there. him I'm not calling him a scrub for any by by any means, but no, I feel no, like I there you. are two players that are, are are better than him currently. So you have Ben Simmons at seventeen. Yes, I do. I have Ben Simmons at 17. But here's the thing. Ben Simmons, yes, he needs a jump shot. He needs to work on his three-point shot. He has things that he needs to work work on. But the fact of the matter is he is really good without a jump shot. I mean, there's no doubt. It's, he's not garbage without – you know, he's not garbage without a jump shot. It's just like there, there's so much that could be. There's so much that's just left untold. And it frustrates me because I'm just like, dude, even if you had somewhat of a jumper, it doesn't have to be the most reliable jumper, okay? Say you shot somewhere like, what, 35 36% from three? That would oh, yeah. do more than enough. That would do more okay. than enough. Let, let, let's, let's, let's put it at 30.6 because that's where Giannis is at. Well, Ben Simmons, his three-point – I mean, granted, his – if you're looking at sample size, his volume, a lot lower. But, yes. His volume is, 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 is a lot lower. I mean, hopefully he gets it, but it's just like – like we said this year, it's like you've got to come out and prove to, to everybody that you're, you're capable of learning it. Because I don't necessarily think that – I don't know what it is. Um, and his shot's not ugly either. That's no, the it's thing. not ugly. He shoots with the wrong hand, though. I definitely think he needs to switch the hand that he shoots with. Well, he's a lefty, and I think he's he's transitioning back to being lefty because he's been ball. He's has been shooting with his right. It does definitely help that he can kind of play ambidextrous to a certain extent, though. Not necessarily mm-hmm. shooting, but in a lot of other facets. I mean, we we know him. He's dangerous in the paint, and he's going to provide a lot of value on defense. It, there, there's still a ton of value that Ben Simmons brings to the floor. There's no denying that. But the jumper is just such a crucial thing that pisses me off that's missing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Ben Simmons, if Ben Simmons gets a jump shot, I feel like, again, another hot take. He goes from 17. I feel like he, 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 if he can get a jump shot, he can be number six or even number seven on my list. Oh, yeah, if he got a jumper, he'd be top 10. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely, but, but that that's the issue. He he doesn't have a jumper, so no doubt. So I had Tatum at seventeen. We talked about Tatum. Um, mm-hmm. Eighteen. You said you had Paul George. Is that correct? Yeah, yep, okay. I do. I have Middleton at eighteen. Um, okay. And I'm just a, a precursor. I'm my list here for a minute is going to be kind of on a guard tear to a certain extent. Um, okay. I mean, I feel like mine is a little bit with with a couple of centers, but it's going to be mostly guards. And, I mean, Chris Middleton, he's obviously not truly a guard, but he certainly plays like it. Um, mm-hmm. And he's perfect, especially for how they built the Bucks now. I mean, his, his, his shot just comes in handy. I mean, he's got a buttery shot, too. We were talking about Clay earlier. Like, Chris Middleton's shot, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yep. 31.8 from three-point. I mean, he, he's, he's great. He's bigger. Um, he's pretty athletic. I, I think he's – it's, it's hard to, I guess, sometimes his stat sheets don't look the greatest, but you just watch him play with Giannis and, like, him play on that team, and it just works so well. And I think he, he's a huge difference maker because when he hasn't played, they historically struggled a little bit more um, because it, he also is a weapon on the floor that people have to worry about and have to guard. Um, when you don't have somebody like Chris Middleton, it's a lot easier to crowd Giannis um, and force him to take bad shots, et cetera. You know what I mean? 
yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I had, like, yeah, I had Paul George as my number 18. Um, I'll get down to Chris Middleton when I get, when I, uh, when I reveal where he's at in my list, but I had Paul George at 18. I, I will repeat exactly what you, uh, what you said about Paul George. He's a ter- terrific talent, fantastic athlete, um, top three defenders in the NBA when it comes to the, to the exterior. She, he's, he's just a great, great wing defender. But like I say, he gets hurt so often. So, I mean, it, it, what good is your talent if you, if you can't use you when we really need you? And for some weird reason, recently, he just kind of hasn't performed all that well in the playoffs. He's, he has, like, a good game, and then where has he been? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, I definitely see I your mean, point. I mean, it – I really and here's the thing. I really do like Paul George. I like the combination of Kawhi and Paul George. That That is going to bring fits to any – any team and I'm very very excited to see how how the Lakers match up against those two because if those two are running hot they're running away with it they're running away with it and I don't and I wouldn't be mad about seeing Kawhi win his second straight championship and giving Paul George his first it's definitely possible I'll say that much yeah no I I I agree 1000 percent all right uh so who do you got for 19 Ben Simmons, and I'm not going to touch anything else on Ben Simmons because we are – I just feel like for perpetually we're going to talk about Ben Simmons forever. So, yep. I'll keep it. Until it. yep, until he fixes until he fixes a huge issue in his game, that's, that's – that, yeah. No, we'll probably talk about him more at that point. That's the mm-hmm. sad part. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. For my 19, I have uh, Donovan Mitchell, Spida. I have him at 20, so, I mean, you, you pretty much hit it on the head there. Uh Mitchell is he's solid um he's aggressive he the thing that I think he he misses uh right now is uh, a little bit of range his three-point shooting percentage isn't great but uh he's definitely that dude and him and Gobert are kind of nasty together it works out pretty well yeah no and I mean they're they are a really good tandem that's why I was kind of worried about them not really uh working things out after the whole COVID thing, but obviously I think they, they got things fixed. So hopefully we get to, we get to see them, see them back and running. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is just such a good player. I mean, just from the moment he started, he's been, he's been balling out of control. He's super duper athletic. I think he has a, a decent shot, not great, not, nothing that'll blow your, blow your top off, but I feel like uh, he'll work on that and he'll become a better uh, three-point shooter, a better mid-range shooter. And then just adding that athleticism that he has, man, the sky's the limit for, for, for Don. Dude, his dunks, they are, uh, they're a sight to behold, to say the mm-hmm. least. He's definitely, I mean, he's, he's got a very, very high ceiling. Um, so I think, I think we hit it on the head there. So I had him, you had a 19, I had him at 20. Who'd you have at 20? Uh, John Wall. John Wall. Yes. Rounding out your 20, really? Yes. Okay. Uh, explain to me. I'm curious. 
dude, John Wall is John Wall is still a great point guard in the in the NBA. He's aggressive. He's athletic. He's very very smart. And the thing of the matter with John Wall is that he's hurt year in and year out. He I don't think he has had played a full season or even close to a full season since coming in. That's the only problem that I have with John Wall. Also, the fact that he's not in a very big market, so it doesn't. It, it doesn't showcase him as much. I see it. Look, here's the thing. If he were in, let, let's say a Miami or a uh, Santa, even a San Antonio or an L, one of the LA markets, uh, even in, in, in uh, New York or Boston, I think John Wall would get a lot more recognition. But the fact of the matter is he plays in for Washington and Washington isn't a, isn't a huge sports sports area to, if you really think about it. It's tough. I I just have not seen enough from John Wall in quite some time to feel comfortable putting him that high. I don't necessarily disagree. I still think he's capable of being a great point guard in the NBA. Uh, athleticism, everything's there. But he's just been such an absence. It's really hard for me to – I know he deserves the credit. I know he's legit, but it's just hard for me to put him higher uh, when there are some other players that I think – uh, deserved that spot a little bit more than him. So that's interesting. You put him at 20. Uh, yeah, no, I can't. Dude, here's the thing, though. You cannot deny how good John Wall is. I mean, no. here, here, like his last his last full season, look at this, 20.7 20 po- 20. points a game, 44.4% from, from the field goal, 30.2. But John Wall has never been a, a crazy good three-point shooter. So, I mean, that's that's serviceable. And then you also add his his almost four rebounds a game for a point guard added with his uh his nine assists and he steals he he steals the the ball almost twice a game I mean come on now like here's the thing yeah there there are other other players that that you would put ahead of him but here's the thing if John Wall is healthy name uh name more players players that are better than him I can't think of besides the 19 that I've I've uh, uh, numbered and named I can't think of anybody else that should be in that spot ahead of him. Okay. I'm going to agree to disagree with you on that, but it, I mean, John Wall's still legitimate. I'm not, I'm not denying that. I just, I, I don't know. Me, man. I, to no. me, I'd still think I, I, at the moment, I think I'd take CB three over him. So, you know, that, that, that's just my argument. Uh, I think I'd still take PG or uh, CB three, but um, you know, again, agree to disagree. Yeah, I have I have Chris Paul down uh, down a few notches, but I mean it it's only because I I think this talent is is just it's younger and it, it and if it's younger and it's and it's just a little bit better. But go ahead with 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 your your takes on Chris Paul. Uh, well, I don't have Chris Paul there, so I, I'd like to save it until I actually do get to Chris Paul. Oh, I thought okay. So who's your twenty then? Uh, so my twenty is uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, which you talked about. Okay. Um, okay. And then my twenty-one, um, I have a uh, Vic Oladipo at my twenty-one. Okay. All right. I have him in my twenty-two. My twenty-one is actually Chris Middleton. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Chris Middleton, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, segue over to Victor Oladipo. That way we can get those those out of the way. Um, Chris Middleton, dude. I mean, he he is a broke man's Kevin Durant, essentially. I mean, no doubt. He he definitely in a lot of uh. A lot of aspects. He definitely is a broke man, Kevin Durant, and they're oh, yeah. And I will take I, I will take a broke man's Kevin Durant any day of the week as long as it's Chris Middleton. 
a hundred percent, hundred percent. If I, if I was in a draft, if I was in a draft and, uh, and Kevin Durant was picked number, number one, and I had to, and, I, and Chris Middleton was the next projected player, I would not be mad at that. No, I, obviously I, mean, I wish, obviously I wish I had Kevin Durant, but if I have Chris Middleton, I'm not going to complain about that. Nope. I don't see how you could. Yeah. All right. But Victor Oladipo, go ahead and I'll, and I'll, and I'll go over on all, uh, piggyback off of you. Dude, I just love Vic. He's an aggressive, aggressive player, especially for how small he is. He's not a very big guy. Um, he's quick. He's athletic. I mean, he's like a, he's like a fresh version of John Wall without uh, the same passing skills, in my opinion. I mean, he can go from one end to the court real quick. Um, and, yeah, just all around, I love his game. I love his attitude. And he's just – he's a tremendous athlete. There's really not too many bad things you can say about Vic. No, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with you and I'm, I'm going to do that exact thing. I'm going to piggyback off of what you're, what you're saying. Victor Oladipo is, is, is an exceptional player. It was a, it was so sad to see the way that he, that he uh, had to, had to go for a little bit, but I mean, dude, but hey, that team's still really good without him, and adding him back, not seeing it, him play in a while, like that's yeah. gonna be very interesting. And I think it's—I mean, it worked really well. It was clear. Mm-hmm. Like before he got hurt, they were—I mean, they were making some noise. Absolutely, uh, I think he—he—he he, he does his best if he is—is the—the the player that the team runs runs through. I think he didn't necessarily flourish all that much with 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 Russell Westbrook. I mean, he was all right, but he, he was wasn't the victor up there. He, but here's the thing. He wasn't the Victor Oladipo that we know now. Oh no, you're, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, he, 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 he transitioned to that next level that, that really put him over, over a lot of other players. So, I mean, Victor Oladipo, not enough can be said about that guy. And I'm very excited to see him play again. So, okay. So you had him at 22. I had him at 21. Um, I had Trey Young at 22. You had Trey Young, Trey Young at twenty-two. Okay, I, had Trey Young I have it. I have him at twenty-three. Um, and there, there's really a lot you can say about his class of players that are in the NBA right now, like some of these young guys. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll be the first to admit, um, I'm a K State fan, and uh, he was obviously playing in Oklahoma. I hated him in college, and mm-hmm. part of it was out of his control. The media just overhyped him to the point where they were beating a dead horse it was ridiculous and then yeah they choked in the playoffs it was really funny um but I really didn't think that he was gonna get uh to such a fast start to his career like I really thought it was gonna take him a while I didn't think that um not to say some aspects of his game wouldn't translate well to the NBA but I didn't think all around he was a polished enough player and not to say he's polished now but he's definitely proven me wrong um and about everything he is phenomenal um, and he does, as much as people hate the comparisons, he does have some stuff in him. He definitely has some stuff in him. Um, he, he really does. I mean, he, he really, he has, he's not as, as an efficient of a shooter as Steph is. Correct. But I mean, I'll like, again, just like Chris Middleton, if I, if I have, if I have Steph Curry and then, uh, Trey Young is the next pick. I mean, I'm not going to be too, I'm going to be upset that I don't have Steph Curry, but I'm not going to be pissed off that I got Trey Young. Well, the other thing I say about Trey Young is it, it gets forgotten all the time. He is a terrific passer. He is tremendous, and I feel like that's the, one of his uh, one of his skills that gets overlooked immensely. 
immensely. He's so small and he can maneuver so well. He can get in tight spaces and pluck that ball out. I mean, the Hawks in a couple of years, uh, they remind me a lot. They're a little bit behind what Memphis is, but it's kind of another one of those scenarios where I feel like you give them some time. Absolutely. Go make some noise. Go make some noise. So, yeah, yeah pray no. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And here's the thing, though, too, dude. Like, the whole situation with the uh, with him getting traded with uh, with Luca and and you know the the Hawks being mad that they traded that they traded uh for they traded for Trey Young and all this other stuff. You know that story that's going around. The fact that he has that kind of pressure around him and he is producing the way that he's producing. I mean, obviously you want Luka Doncic, but Trey Young is not somebody to be frowned upon. He he again, he's not afraid of the big moments, and he's and he's young and he's tiny, and he he goes in there with the big boys, man. He ain't afraid. Oh yeah, you give him some time, especially because he was so close with Kobe. You give him some time, and Trey Young is going to be a machine. He's already a machine, but he yeah, I love him. Uh, such a a fun player to watch. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, so you had him at twenty three. Yeah, right? and you I had him at twenty two. You had him at twenty two. Okay. So twenty three may surprise you, but I got to give this man the credit he deserves. CJ McCollum, we talked about him. Mm. I, have I have him. To. I have him down a couple. Uh, I have him down a few pegs. Um, I can't but go ahead, my man. I, I can't disrespect my man. He's got that same attitude and drive that Damian Lillard has he's not far uh as far as being a shooter uh they're a percentage apart from each other uh and he's just a great he's a great second number two on the team I mean he's a great shooting guard um and dude his handles oh we we mentioned Kyrie and Steph's handles a little bit but people forget CJ McCollum he hits you a little hezzy hey um get that photo right over the top of you he's he's dirty and he's sneaky. He's a dark horse. I feel like people overlook him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm overlooking him a little bit too. But um, like I say, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a tremendous player. And, again, I'll, 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 t- I'll say my takes about CJ when, I, when we get to, to his spot where I have him. But, yeah, man, CJ McCollum, he is so good. And I think he gets overlooked because he, he has Dame. But, man, CJ, CJ's the real deal, man. No doubt. So, who do you have at 24, then? Rudy Gobert. Okay, same here. Yeah. No, Rudy – I mean, Rudy Gobert, he, he is a game changer when it comes to the – when it comes to to the being on the defensive side, man. I mean, geez, oh man, he is – he's a blocking machine. He is guaranteed to give you two blocks a game. Oh, and he's guaranteed to give you at least 10 rebounds. I mean, there, yeah. there, there, there's definitely no – I mean, he's he makes his presence – you know, you feel his presence when he's there. Uh, and I mean, he's, and he's efficient as fuck, dude. I mean, 70%. Yeah, from the field, dude. Like, you know, granted, he, he's big and he can really get himself in there. But, yeah, Rudy Gobert, uh, solid. Uh, defensive and see, team. like, yeah, he's a, he's, he is what you want out of your center. Play defense. Uh, whenever you get the, you're not going to get the ball a whole lot, but when you do, you need to make make your opportunities uh, work for you. You know, definitely, definitely. So I mean, Rudy Gobert, great, great player. I mean, obviously, defensive player of the year. I think back to back. So yeah, okay. 
So who'd you have 25? Book, bro. Same here. I love the book, man. Yeah. Love the book, man. I mean, we, we always, we, we touched on it the other week. I mean, and you and I have talked about it for what seems like a really long time. He just needs somebody else. He needs somebody else. He, he's not, you don't want him being your true number one. But damn, as a number two, whew, I mean, he's already like amassed an incredible amount of career points. I got to look this up to fact check myself real quick, but he's already on some lists for like fastest, you know, to get, get up on the scoring boards. Um, how many career points does he have total here? And that's crazy. That's kind of crazy that you're saying that he shouldn't be a number one. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that take, man. I think Devin Booker is a number one option. I just think that he needs another. I think he needs his, his, his Robin. That's essentially what it is. I mean, he's you know? also just, he's a scoring machine. Or here, here's, here's the, here's the thing. If we're going to stay with DC, he, he's Batman. He needs a Superman. Or he's Superman. He needs his Batman. He needs okay. another great player, but not necessarily better than him. I mean, he's only been in the league for what five years, and he's young too. It's not. He's been in the league five years, but you you got to look at his age. He's very very young. I think he's twenty two, twenty three years old. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's he's super young because he only played one year in college and then he got out. Um, yeah. No, Devin Booker. Like I said, dude. If if. I think I think Ben Simmons' game, if he's just not going to end up working, getting a three-point shot, him and, and, and a player like Devin Booker would flourish with one another. Definitely, and we talked about that. I think they would work uh, together. Uh, so we love the book, man. There's, there's no, no hate on him. Um, I just wish Phoenix would actually give him some help. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I mean, you can't they're – drafting, they're drafting quality players. And here's degree. the thing. Yeah. And to some degree, but I mean, DeAndre and he just needs to he just needs to grow, and he'll become a a top center in the league. Uh, McCall Bridges, I think he'll be really really good. Just give him time. All these players essentially, they what they need is time. I know. And, I just, and then I, Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre starting to get a little bit more aggressive too, which I'm really liking. I I I I, I like Kelly Oubre. I just wish so, him would spend money uh, for him spend money yeah. to help because I, I want to see that that man in the playoffs he's I mean for God's sake man he dropped 70 points one game he's capable yeah man he's capable and you're saying whatever. that he's not a number one are you kidding me I mean I just I just feel like if he had and maybe a, a number one and a different maybe not entirely I mean you, you you're definitely going to lean on him to do a lot but somebody at the true number one spot to facilitate like if he had somebody facilitating the offense really well because uh, I think he's a very opter like opportunistic scorer um and the fact that, I mean, he can get out to the wing real quick, yeah. pop up the shot. I mean, I just feel like if he has somebody that's really capable of kind of making the offense, you know, run, um, I think he would be even better, which is scary. But Yeah, maybe somebody like my number 26 on my list, Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. The boy. Cat, bro. I mean, that, that's another player, man, that – you know, if he had the, the, the right team around him, we'd be talking about Carl Anthony Towns in a little bit of a different light. It's just that he plays for a shitty organization that doesn't necessarily give two hoots about basketball. His knock, for me, his knock is definitely like... Aggression. 
Uh, yes, he's very soft. Very soft. Yeah, he's more finesse than anything else. But I, I mean, is. I can't, I can't knock Carl Anthony Towns, dude. His, he, I mean, he's a center with a forty-one point two percent three-point percentage. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, it's it's incredible. Uh, he's he's a great shooter. We know that. He's just. He needs to he needs to bulk up a little bit and stop being such a sissy. That's that's mm-hmm. really my criticism of him. Like that's maybe all I got to say. maybe for that fight that he had. What who was it with Embiid, right? Oh yeah, but I mean that didn't make him look very good either. But he tried to be, he tried to play tough. So I mean he's showing that he has a little bit of a little bit of uh, hardness. I mean here's the other thing too, dude. I feel like he was he was a mama's boy growing up, and mama's boys are are, are softies, bro. Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of a softy, but that's the only thing I really have against him. Otherwise, like, but he has a terrific. Yeah, he has a terrific skill set. He's very, he's efficient, and I mean, he, like I said, man, he's athletic too, for for a center as well. So I mean, but yeah, his knock is that he's just not very, very gritty. And if he had a little bit more grit, he would he would definitely be be the player that everybody everybody would love to see him be. So who do you have at twenty seven? This is uh this is where I had Chris Paul. Okay, I have him at twenty seven too. I have him in the same spot as you. Um, I just have Wall a little bit th- further back, and I'll let you talk about CB three. But the only thing yeah. I want to say, and we talked about it with the Thunder the other week, it's like. His contract was not good with the Rockets, and yeah. he wasn't super healthy with the Rockets, and he's definitely getting old. But you're definitely seeing the upside of having Chris Paul, um, especially right now the way the Thunder were playing. Um, you definitely see the benefit of him uh, on your team. There's no doubt about that. And he's his his bad. mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's got a very very short basketball mind. So um, I would still take him over John Wall, um, but I do have him in the same spot as you, um, probably for a lot of the same reasons. Very, very, like, I, yeah, very, very intelligent. Yeah, he has a reputation of, you know, locker room problems and stuff like that. But I think this team that he has, there's not very many egos. And I think that Shai Gillis, Ale- uh, Alexander, and uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, Dennis Schroeder. I think they're benefiting a lot from learning from Chris Paul. I mean, there's, there, there's no doubt CP3 is uh, – he's legit. Um, and he gets a lot of disrespect and a lot of criticism towards him, which some deserve, some not. Um, and sometimes you sign bad deals and sometimes you get traded and it actually works out in your favor because I don't necessarily think he's too disappointed in uh, where he's at right now, especially with the way things are going. Exactly, and and especially when he was throwing a little, a little hissy fit about not wanting to play with the with the Thunder. Yeah, I'm glad he got over that. Yeah, dude. I mean, come on, man. Just grow the fuck up. You didn't know what that team was gonna be like. And like I said, man, most mo- most often than not, you know, those teams work better because there's no egos. There's not that selfish players that 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 you know they're like, give me the ball and get out of the way. You know. Definitely. So, yeah. who do you have at twenty eight? I this is where I have CJ. Okay. I uh I love CJ, man. Uh, I'm again piggybacking, piggybacking off of what your uh what your take was on CJ. He's just really, really good, really, really efficient. A great, great number two. Um, I think that he just needs to 
get his efficiency just a little bit more and him and Damian Lillard will will do some 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 serious damage in the in in the NBA playoffs. So I I also think that they need to have uh Nurkic around. So I mean as soon as they their team is complete, I think that's going to that's going to really do really going to help out uh CJ and, and Damian a lot. So here's fingers crossed to to seeing the Portland Trailblazers get better. Okay. Who did you have at 28? Oh, you had CJ McCollum at 28. Okay. Yeah. I had Pascal Siakam. <laughs> I eat Spicy P is my 29. Spicy P. Love Spicy P. And we talked about him the other week. Um, just what a, what a man he's turned into. I mean, nobody really knew what that Raptors team was going to be without Kawhi. Uh, and yeah. he's just he, – he's an assassin, man. He, he gets after it. Absolutely. And here – he like – Here's the thing that I like about most of my players is that they're not afraid of wanting to take the big shots, and that's how Pascal is. For sure. Like, Pascal wants to take – get that if – the, if the score is, is 80, 87, uh, 89, uh, the way team, Pascal wants to take that three-pointer to make it – to make it Raptors one, you know? Uh-huh. Like Pascal wants the big moments. He wants the ball in his hands in crucial moments. And he's not scared of taking those moments. And I think he is a great, great uh, sidekick to, to Kyle Lowry. Absolutely. And I think eventually he's just going to take, he's going to, he's going to lead that team. And Hey, who knows, man, he becomes a, a poor man's KG. Which wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't necessarily say he, yeah, that would that would not be a bad comparison. He's definitely not the, he's definitely not KG. But yeah, I would not be uh, too disappointed if uh, somebody said, "Hey, you can't have a KG, but uh, you can have a Pascal Siakam." I'd be like, "Okay, that's fine." Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Uh, well, like I said, that guy's my my twenty nine. Who's your twenty nine? So I have Kyle Lowry here. Okay. Um. I mean, I I think he's a solid guard. Um. I think that he didn't – I think when DeMar was in Toronto, I think DeMar tended to get – have the flashier moments and get, uh, you know, really get more of the attention, I felt like, which is why it was so, like, heartbreaking that he got traded and all that. But uh, yeah. Kyle Lowry's been, been solid, um, and people forget that he's a pretty solid defender. Um, and when he's out on the court, he makes a difference. I, I think he's great. So, uh, yeah, I felt like I had to put him there. Okay. Um, he's down a couple notches on my list. Um, but I, 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 I agree with Kyle, with, with Kyle Lowry. The thing the, the, here's the thing that I, 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 that irks me about Kyle Lowry is he's boring. I mean, he's definitely boring. There's not really a whole bunch of flashiness or anything there. What you um, see is what you get with Kyle Lowry. He's very, very boring. There's nothing. I mean, like I said, he's, he's, he's good. He's good. He's very, very good. I mean, he's one, like, I, he definitely deserves to be to be in the in the late twenties, early thirties as far as uh, being ranked as ranked in the NBA. But there's nothing that you know. I've never heard in a million years. Oh, I want to do this move like Kyle, like Kyle Lowry. Oh, did you fair. see Kyle Lowry? Did you see Kyle Lowry do that? That like he doesn't have he doesn't have 
highlights or moments. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, if I have Kyle Lowry on my team, I'm not going to be pissed off about it because although he's very boring, he is still very good and still very efficient. So, Okay, so who do you have at 30? Double B, Bradley Beal. Good old Bradley Beal. I also have him at number 30. Yeah. Um, Bradley Beal. What can I say about Bradley Beal? This guy is definitely not a number one. He definitely is the one that's most affected by not having John Wall. Yeah, we definitely talked about that. I, I 100% agree. He, he's got to have he's got to have a number one there. But as far as a number two, oh, man, couldn't ask for much better. Yeah, no. Uh, I love Bradley Beal. I think he's a terrific, terrific uh, talent. Um, I When he was having his – his uh when the trade deadline was going on he was he was connected to the nuggets a lot and i really really wanted the nuggets to 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 get him unfortunately it didn't happen honestly and it's very very harsh for me to say i would trade i would i would get rid of gary harris if for 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 bradley bill in in a in a trade package uh well Any day I, of the week, I wouldn't even blink say. i wouldn't even blink no here's the thing is because i'm a nuggets fan and and, and gary harris is a huge uh, treasure when it comes to the Nuggets. But like I said, I mean, if, if the Nuggets were to trade away Gary Harris, which is one of the most beloved players in the Nuggets, for Bradley Beal in, in some sort of trade package and, and trade a, a couple picks and and a rotation player, I, w- I would not have been mad at that. I would I, I, I think the Denver Nuggets are a Bradley Beal away from, from being a serious contender in the West. Yeah, but um, but yeah, but go ahead. What do you think about Bradley? I mean, you pretty much said it all. I I just think he's a very solid number two, and I think if he actually had John Wall with him, he would be even better. We saw when they were both together how much better he played. But that's no knock on him. He's he's just not not the true number one. But I think plenty of teams would be very happy to have him. Um, and that's really all I have to say about him. He's a solid player. Yeah. Um. My uh, my 31 was Kyle Lowry. Um, we already talked about him. He, very, very good, very serviceable, very efficient, just boring. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like there are 30 other players, and the 30 players that I have mentioned, I think those players are are a little bit better than than Kyle Lowry. But like I said, I, no knock on Kyle Lowry. Very, very ser- serviceable player. If he was he was a point guard for the Nuggets, I think that would that would be great. So. Okay, so I wonder if my thirty-one's going to shock you or not. I had my boy Jaw. No, no, I'm not mad at that. I am not mad at that. I have him down, down a little bit more, but uh, but hey, no, go ahead. What what do you, what do you got for Jaw? Ooh, he's uh, he's the spawn of Russell Westbrook. He's the spawn of Russell Westbrook. With a better shot. With a better shot. That's exactly it. He he is the spawn. He, I mean. I talked about it. I alluded to it on one of our episodes that I had just sat down a random weeknight and I turned on and the Grizzlies were playing the Rockets. And at the time that I turned it on, I think the Grizzlies were down like 12 points. Um, and it, I think it was like beginning of the third quarter. And from that point on, twice, on two separate occasions, John Morant just dunking over James Harden. I mean, taking it to the house. I, and 
I started paying more attention to the Grizzlies and started watching them because uh, I was really digging uh, that squad they got. And it's just like he's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid of anybody. He's like, give me the ball. I'm going to dunk it over you. I mean, it's kind of like Jason Tatum in the fact that he's super aggressive. He's not backing down to anybody. Um, and he is so goddamn athletic. He's just – he's incredibly gifted. And I think if he keeps up that intensity and that team keeps gelling, oh, boy. Oh, boy. You're going to be talking about uh, a playoff contending team for quite a few years um, for a lot of different reasons. But John Morant's ridiculously good. Um, it's crazy that he played as small of a school as he did. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like he was uh, – I think I heard that he was a late bloomer when it came to his skill set. But, um, I, yeah, I'm going to save my take on job, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you had him at 31. Yep. Okay. Who's your 32? John Wall. John Wall. Okay. Um, and I, t- okay. I touched on him. I'm not going to really touch on anything else. I just, there's been such an absence and I think there's been so many other players that have really made their mark. It's really hard for me to put them higher. Um, John Wall's still capable of being a top 20 player in my mind. He's just – he's not there at the moment. I mean, that can change. Hopefully it does because John Wall's fun. He's very fun to watch to play, so. I'm sorry, but, yeah, that is way too fucking low. I – no. I don't agree with that, but – That's fine. Everyone – is it, everybody's entitled to their opinion, even if their opinion is dumb. But, hey. Um, but, hey, uh, number 32, uh, Kristap Porzingis is my number 32. Okay. Okay. I don't, I don't necessarily hate that. I have him uh, just a couple notches down the list here, but mm-hmm. um, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I mean, when he's healthy, he's very, very good. And I cannot wait to see him and Luca at full strength. That is going to be a very, very dangerous team once they get that chemistry going. And once, uh, once Porzingis kind of gets, gets, uh, gets a little bit healthier. Well, and the thing um, is, um, I, I think with, Kristaps is like people do forget that he is just coming back from you know quite a bit um, of absence from the game and he's, he's still got to get his legs under him he tore his ACL he's a big man um, and I just think you give that time you give that experiment over there time it's gonna work out really really well we're already seeing I mean they're in the playoffs which is an improvement upon last year um, mm-hmm. you're seeing he really does benefit from playing with somebody like Luca already and I always was a unicorn fan. Um, I mean, I, I love Chris Dapps. He's a, he's a great player. Um, so I, I, I'm very interested. You had him at 32. I have him just a little bit down the list, just a couple, but that's not a knock on him per se. It's just kind of where things fell. Um, but I, I love uh, Chris Dapps for Zingas, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. We, we definitely got to see Chris Dapps as a number one option in, in New York. And it was a, it was a good, it was, it, it was good to see. No doubt. He's so, definitely capable of doing it. But I mean, he's definitely going to benefit from a, uh, from a passer like Luca. Definitely. He needs and somebody having, to help spread the floor and yeah, pass the ball. I mean, it, it works out exactly. really well. And I think the Mavs are better than any team that, that, that Chris Stapps has been on. So I mean, the sky's the limit for Chris Stapps right now because I think this is probably his mo- most complete team that he's had. Definitely. It, 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 I think it's going to work out well for him. He's got to give it time. I, I believe in Carlisle too. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Carlisle, oh, 
goodness. Yeah. That's, that's going to be awesome. I think that he's going to benefit a lot because this team is stable. They've been, been a, a consistent, stable organization. The Mavericks are, are a basketball like it is a basketball team it's not an organization like the Knicks and Jim Dolan makes it out to be like the Mavs they are basketball so for sure for sure um so I mean I I think he's going to love it down there in Dallas and I I think that he's really really going to enjoy his time with with Luca so yeah um so you had John Wall at 32 I had Chris Stapps Porzingis at 32. Uh, 33 for me, this is where I had Ja. Okay, so I don't hate it. Just a couple notches down. Yeah, I think he's very good. Rookie, for a rookie man, that he, he did awesome. I cannot wait for him to get his NBA body because once he gets stronger, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, that's a that's a, a wild train running off the tracks, man. You don't want to Oh, my goodness gracious. I think he can be a better version of Russell Westbrook in my, my honest opinion. I think like they are, he is, he is the second coming of Russell Westbrook. I think personally though, I think he is, I feel like his game's a little bit more fluid, not as, as, as rigid as, as Russell Westbrook's is. If, if you know what I mean. I definitely get what you mean, but uh, it comes with he's got the better shooting and he's yeah. a lot younger. So exactly, I think I'll take, think I'll take that combination uh, any day, uh, not to mention he's proven he's still a great passer. Um, and, again, he's not a scrub. So He's so damn athletic too, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and here's the thing, man. He is dunking on, on dudes, on grown-ass men. He's, he's not just dunking on little kids anymore, bro. He, like – he like traumatized uh, Kevin Love, man. That interview that Kevin Love had right after, right after that the the game where where Ja almost dunked on him, like dude, you could tell that that Kevin Love was about to retire if he got dunked on. Yeah, he's gonna keep embarrassing a lot of people. That's oh my gosh, dude! This dude, this this boy has bounce. Oh yeah, like serious bounce. Oh yes. And I am just so excited to see how how his game evolves because he it can only get better from here. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. So I mean, I'm very, very excited for that. So who is your thirty-three? Um, my thirty-three is Mr. Chris Tapps. Okay. I don't really feel like I need to say anything else about Chris Tapps. I love him. Love him. Mm-hmm. Terrific player. Terrific, terrific player. Terrific unicorn. All right, then. Uh, who do you have as your 34, then? Mr. Zion Williamson. Mm. I have him down a couple pegs, but go ahead and tell me what, what, why Zion. I mean, it's incredible the tear that he went on when he came back from injury. I mean, he had – I forget how many games it was in a row he had double digits, but he is such a difference maker on the four. Um, you talk about aggression. You talk about athleticism. Obviously, he's kind of big and he's hobbly a little bit, but – I mean, it's never been a secret for as long as, he, he, you know, you've heard Zion Williamson's name in somebody's mouth. I mean, the guy's dunking over people. Um, his jump shot is not as bad as he gets credit for um, by any stretch. He reminds me a, a lot of JoJo with uh, just a little bit more aggression. Uh, he's got the same durability issues. We've already seen that. Um, yeah. 
but not to mention, he's just a freaking icon, man. That guy's going to sell tickets for a long time. He's going to be fun to watch. Barring he stays healthy, he's such a difference maker. And it, I, I think it's going to be very convincing and very easy to build a team around him. Yeah. I think Zion is such a freak of nature that I think that now that he's in the NBA and they have better doctors than, than, than college does, and he granted he has money to, to, to go see any doctor that he wants, essentially, but I think, I think he's not going to be as injury prone. I, I sure would hope so because I, I think mean, he's going, I think, I think, yes, he is a little bit on the heavy side, but it's not because he's fat. It's muscle. It's just, he's so damn bulky. He's literally he's just big bone. He's Khalil Mack in an NBA body and <laughs> an, an, an NBA shape. Like I, I'm just, he, he, he's, he's going to, he's going to get, he's going to get thinner. He's going to thin out. And, and I think those, the, his joints are going to thank him for it. I don't have I don't I don't I don't, I'm not going to frown on Zion. I'm not going to give you my 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 whole take on Zion cuz I I do have him down a couple notches. My 34 is Spencer Dinwiddie. Interesting you have Dinwiddie that high. Explain. Are you kidding me, man? When he when I feel like he needs to either request for a trade or the Nets need to get rid of Kyrie because those two should not be playing together. How so? Spencer Dinwiddie is – I think Spencer Dinwiddie benefits more from having the ball in his hands. And Kyrie is also another player that that is ball dominant. I think Spencer Dinwiddie – and even even before this, dude, Spencer Dinwiddie when he was – when. Uh, when it was when the when the Nets didn't have Kyrie and Kevin Durant and one is uh, D'Angelo Russell, he was starting to come up on his own too. No doubt, he's not a scrub. Um, I just don't necessarily agree with him being that high. I think he provides a lot of value, but I just don't. I don't. In my opinion, I, think, I have a few notches down. I don't know, I'm super far down. I mean, but. look at this. In 64 games, he's averaged 20.6 points. 41.5% field goal, 30.8% three-point range. Not bad, but here's a but I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie isn't a known three-point shooter. He gives you almost four rebounds a game for a point guard, and he gives you seven assists a game. And yeah, almost a steal a game too. I mean, dude, you put him on on any other team and and those numbers aren't going to change all that much. Spencer Dinwiddie is that guy, and I, I, and here's the thing. Maybe I'm, 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 I'm thinking more in the future for his potential, but I do feel like Spencer Dinwiddie is that guy, and I feel like he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Okay, so who you have at 35? I have D'Lo. I do too. I love D'Lo. Uh, I love D'Lo too. I think the best thing for him was was when he moved, got moved to the Nets because it really showed him that he needed to grow the fuck up. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He didn't I, have all the all the distractions, all the glitz and glamour of of uh of California, you know. Yeah, New York is a busy, busy town, but here's the thing. It, it's nothing like California. California has more fun shit to do, you know. You get get to go out to the beach, you go to like all these premieres and all this other stuff, you know. New York is a little bit more grimy and they're in Brooklyn too, so you already know. But um, he really he really grew with the Nets, and he showed that he wasn't a fluke player that he, he that he was serious. Once he got serious about about his profession, 
that's when that's when D'Lo arrived. Well, it's just kind of unfortunate. The Lakers situation did work out, so it was really good to see him bounce back and like actually get recognition and like play, you know, to an All Star caliber level with the Nets. Um, and I mean, before like he had some injury things this year, but he was still throwing up fire with the Warriors. Granted, he was the only firepower they had, but I mean, he still wasn't terrible. Uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't bad. But you and I both knew that D'Angelo Russell was not going to be there. Be there for the long haul. Oh yeah, no, he was a filler. Um, but I'm, he was just he goes, there. He just yeah, to go to the right spot. Um, and I think mm-hmm. he'll do really well. So yeah. And here's the thing: I think that him and uh, him and Carl Anthony Towns just need a little bit of time together because they already are friends. True. So I think they're gonna they're gonna grow into into being a really really great team. Um, how much longer does Booker have on his contract? Um, I have no idea. He's probably got two years. If it's two years, if it's if this is if if this oh no 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 no, no. next he's upcoming got, he's got three years. Oh okay, never mind then. I don't think that they'll be able to hold. D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns for that long because I do know that him, D'Angelo Russell, and and Carl Anthony Towns have said on on multiple occasions that they want to play with each other in the future. I can see it. I can see it. That would be a uh, that would be a scary big three right there. So you had thirty. You had Dilo at thirty five. Who do you have at thirty six? Zion. Okay. Here's the thing. Yeah, he didn't play that much. That much. That's why I have him down at uh at 36 but he, man that dude is a beast and he's and he's only going to get better granted he stays healthy which i think he will um he's going to be an absolute monster yes i think he needs to develop his shot which is not bad he has a better jump shot than ben simmons so he's already doing better um but i i think if he if he has a little bit of a jump shot Dude, that's just going to make him more versatile. He's already a rebounding beast. He's already a, a, a paint beast. He just, you know, he does need to slim down just a little bit, not too much because that's his that's his game, bro. He He's he's power. He's the power and power forward. Okay. Okay. So my 36, uh, I had uh, Vucevic. Vucevic? Okay. Um, I have him down a little bit, but go ahead. They are just not big men made like him Mm-mm. anymore. They – and we talked about the the guys that came over from Europe, um, played Europe ball, and dude, you could just definitely tell he's so fundamentally sound. Yep. Um, it's just, dude, it's fun to watch him, especially man, some of those dunks he get over people. I mean, you just have to lob it up to him. You don't have to try very hard. He'll get it in the basket. Yeah. And you're locked in for a good ten rebounds a night with him at the very least. I mean. Yeah. I think he's a, he's a, that team. It's got a lot going on right now. They're young. They're trying to figure it out. But um, he's obviously legit, and I, I love uh, big men uh, that play that style of ball. Um, so for me, I, had to I know you. I, I I I know you love your big men. So they're forgotten about too much, man. They're forgotten about. And I know you're trying to poke a joke at me, but I'm being serious. I'm trying to stay on track here. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, man. I, I I like Vucevic. I feel like he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves, but he is a very very good player. So who do you um, have? Uh, thirty six. Uh, my that, my thirty seven. Uh, Jamal Murray, the boy, the man. He's he's so fucking good, dude. I, I I love Jamal Murray. I love his. He has he. When you talk about that Mamba mentality, dude, he has it. He's developing it, man. He is an assassin. 
He wants the big moments. He like the thing that that bothers me about Jamal is he doesn't like to take the easy shot. He I likes know. to make it. I he know. likes to make it harder on himself. So for, for but he's still but he's still very 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 efficient, which is crazy to me. Imagine if he took the first shot, the easy shot. No kidding. He definitely does in some like facets, like watching him in big moments. He does kind of remind me of Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. The a white comparison, of course, but I have him at very, very too. I like Jamal. Um, I, I think he's a solid player. I think he. I think you're right. I think he needs to take the easier shots, or all around, he just needs to shoot a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he works in that that team very well, and he's he's a very well-rounded player. Um, I mean, so yeah, I'd be happy. I mean, to he's have a him. yeah, he's a perfect number two to to Jokic, you know. And and here's the thing, Jamal Murray doesn't mind being the number two to to Jokic because he knows that he's either going to get an assist or he's going to get points. Either way, he's getting he, he he's building up his stats. Granted, I feel like he likes again. He is another player that is going that that wants to wants the big shot. He wants the big moment. He's not afraid of taking taking the clutch shot. Um, and I'm very, very excited for, for the future for the Denver Nuggets, man, because Murray's starting to come into his own. Jokic is already Jokic, as, as, as we've already talked about. And also the fact that Michael Porter Jr. is only getting healthier. We'll see how it works out. I think it's going to work out really well, but I'm definitely yeah, a am, fan. Yeah, we are very, I'm very, very excited to see these Denver Nuggets. Hey, Listeners, by the way, yes, uh, I am a Colorado sports fan through and through, so I have a lot of Colorado bias. Who'd you have, 38? Uh, 38. My boy, Bam Adebayo. Hey, I got him at 38, too. I love Bam. I love Bam. Mm-hmm. Again, very, very serviceable uh, center. Definitely. Undersized. Undersized center at, uh, what is it, 6'8"? He definitely fits in the small ball, if you want to air quote that. I definitely think exactly. like he fits in the small ball offense really well. But Bam is uh, – I think he's more than serviceable. I think he's going to come into his own pretty Absolutely. quickly. And he's already kind of doing it. And also him playing with Jimmy Butler. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. I think, I think Jimmy Butler stays there for a little bit. Kendrick Nunn gets a little bit better. I think Kendrick Nunn, Kendrick Nunn is going to be a very, very good basketball player. Same with Tyler Hero. I see Tyler Hero being uh, like uh, – What's his name? Uh, he played. He played with the Heat. He played with the Grizzlies. Uh, I think he's gonna be Kyle Korver. I think that's he's gonna he's be. Gonna. Yeah, he's gonna be a Kyle Korver or a, what's his name, Mike something. What's his last name? Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, how can I? Why can't I remember this dude's name? Uh. You talking about Mike Miller? Mike Miller, there we go. Why the heck did I? Why, why was I spacing on him? I think Tyler Hero is going to be like that Mike Miller, uh, Kyle Korver type of player. Very good shooter, very serviceable shooter. I think he's going to be a, a a tidbit more athletic though. Okay, so I don't I don't hate that. Um, I don't hate that at all. I think Bam's gonna Bam's gonna turn into an awesome player. He's already an awesome player. Um, mm-hmm. Kentucky, they're definitely breathing well over there. 
Uh, oh yeah, no, I can see him being being almost like a uh, like a a uh, what's his name? Um, why am I spacing Ben Wallace? He's gonna be Ben Wallace. Yeah, I like that comparison a lot. I would agree. He's very. I I, I get some Ben Wallace uh, tendencies out of him. You know, oh, he's very good. Very good on 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 defense. I mean, he's gonna give you at least a block a game. I mean, and he's also bringing in uh, a little over ten rebounds a game, and he's also giving you sixteen points. Some, I, I, that's that's what I want for my for my center. Oh shit! And guess what? He's seventy seven percent from three. Yeah, no, I saw that. That is such an eye popper. Granted, stat. granted, they're probably super low volume. But... Yeah, granted, he probably took like what five three pointers, but still. That's 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 pretty good. I mean, at least he knows how to pick it, pick his threes. So yeah, he's very opportunistic in that. Who do you have at thirty nine? Uh, uh, Nikola Vukovic, the big guys. Yes, I love, yeah. I love Vukovic. Um, yeah, I'm surprised you had him a little bit lower, but um, I'm assuming you probably have a lot of the same sentiments I do about him. Uh huh. Absolutely. I again, I just think that we I I don't get to watch him as much, so I don't get to you know appreciate him as much. And that's probably just my fault, but uh, but I definitely want to give him his respect because he definitely deserves all the all the roses. So I had Mr. Dinwiddie at thirty nine, and I think I kind of get my spiel on that. Um, okay, I just didn't think he was. I, I just didn't have him that high on my board where you had him, but I think I, he's fantastic. I think he's he's a terrific player, dude, and I think I I, I honestly think you you're, you're not necessarily seeing seeing how great of a player he truly is so you have a 40 we made it to 40 crazy enough yeah uh mike conley mike conley that's uh that that to me may be the most shocking one of the night other than john wall at 20 why conley at 40 i think he's still a very very good player um i think he was he was he wasn't as serviceable this year because of injury due to injury, but I still think Mike Conley is, is, is a very, very good player. I think that he fits in the, in the whole jazz system and he is that piece that, that the jazz needed to kind of get them over the hump. Um, granted they haven't, they don't have too crazy of chemistry right now, but let's see how they played uh, in these playoffs and, uh, and next season. And I think I think they're going to surprise some people. So I I I I still think Mike Conley is a good good player, and it's very very hard for me not to put him on this list. And I think that the thirty nine players that I put before him are good, and the nine behind him are 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 where they need to be. So I think forty is a good place for Mike Conley. The only thing I'll say on him is it's just another one of those cases with a bad contract. I still think he provides value, and I still think he's got some in the tank. Grizzlies just paid too much money for him, and it just didn't work out in the end. Um, I don't have him as high, but I still see his upside, so I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just don't I don't have him value there. I have at 40 um, – I have uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, okay. Again, big okay. man. I'm on a big man tear. Um, mm-hmm. He what, – what, I mean, what – from consistency standpoint, you can't really say anything bad about Lamarcus Aldridge. He's nope. always that consistent presence on the court. He's going to get you those rebounds. 
He's going to get those easy hook shots. He plays really good defense. Um, sneaky athletic. Yeah, sneaky, sneaky athletic. athletic. I think people forget because you haven't seen the same with Marcus Aldridge in San Antonio because it's San Antonio and it's it's pop. I mean, he was playing in Portland beforehand. It's a little bit different. Uh, and he was a little bit younger. Uh, had a little more spray in his step. But, I mean, he's been just consistent as hell uh, his entire mm-hmm. career. Um, so, and again, I value the big man very high. So, uh, to me, yeah. like, I, I definitely uh, – I would not be mad if they're like, hey, here you go. You got Aldridge. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. I, I, no, I think, I think I he's, agree. he's good. Um, he's just solid. I agree. Um, look, I'm not going to be mad at you putting Marcus Aldridge at 40. Uh, I have him down a, a couple pegs. Uh, Who do you have at 41? Uh, 41, I got De'Aaron Fox. Ooh, De'Aaron Fox. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, uh, let me just uh, get back to LaMarcus. LaMarcus, dude, consistent consistent as fuck. I mean, I – dude, if he has it, if he has it in the, in the mid-range and he has you backed up, you're fucked. Dude, you might as well just put two points on the board because he's going to hit that spin-around fadeaway uh, – It's fadeaway so clean. Shot. It's so clean. It's going to go in every single motherfucking time. And – like I said, it's automatic. I I'm not. I would not be mad if I had Marcus Aldridge on my team. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, at 41, I have my boy De'Aaron Fox. Oh boy, he fastest player in the in the NBA. I yep. think he. Yep. I think his comparison is is John Wall. I think he's a more durable, a little bit smarter as, as far as as far as a putting his body on the line. He, he's a lot smarter with his body. Um, he's just so good, so fast, um, so amazing. Again, I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves just because he plays for a small market team. But you just cannot uh, – you just can't can't uh, leave De'Aaron Fox off this list. He's so good and so young, and he just has such a high ceiling. And I just cannot wait where – uh De'Aaron Fox ends up being at the end of his career so I have him at 42 um 41 may surprise you a little bit for me but I have loved this guy for a very long time and it just somehow seems he's always forgotten Mr. Lou Will Lou Will oh my gosh fucking Lou Will man I love like Lou Will I mean, he should have been a star. Should have been a starter half his goddamn career for crying out loud. I mean, the guy's got the numbers to do it, but just the fact that he comes off the bench and he's fresh, dude, you can't you can't blink and let him move beside you, man. I mean, he he's such an assassin. He's yeah, dude, he's. I mean, sixth man of the year. Will will like he should just get it fucking every year because it's basically his fucking award. He honestly shouldn't get the fucking sixth man of the year because he should be a starter. I mean, that's for sure. That's for sure. He definitely plays starter minutes. He's caught last season. He was clocked in at twenty nine point three. Um, granted, they that was before they had. Um, anyway, um, we will. I love we will. So I, I had to put. I, it's, it's the man. Uh, man, dude. I think you have him uh, just a little bit too high. I don't know, man. I really don't know. Ah, uh, uh, why? I mean, yeah, I get it, but like, I don't know, man. He, a yes, he's a he's a role player. He's good, and he's a little bit older. That I'm, I don't know, man. I think that there's a couple players that are a little bit better than he is. I yeah, 
But I mean, I I am shocked by where you have him, but I understand why. So I have De'Aaron at forty-two, and you have Aldridge at forty-two, right? Yeah. So we we we, we kind of flip flop there. I still love De'Aaron. Um, let's move on. Who do you have at forty-three? Because I don't think I agree with you on this one. Uh, Demar Derozan. I don't agree with you. Okay. I, I I'm I'm just giving you shit, but I'm, I I figured that you had Demar there. Why do you have Demar there? I mean, dude, he's still very very serviceable player. He's still bringing you 22 points a game with a 52.6% field goal percentage. He's not a three point shooter. We've known that. So 26.7% is not the best, but I mean, for a shooting guard, he's giving you almost six rebounds, six assists. He's getting you a steal a game. I think he's, he, he, he's still a very good all around basketball player, still very, very athletic. I just feel like he just doesn't have that nasty to him. Okay. I'm a couple notches down. I don't necessarily disagree. I just don't think he – I think he lost a lot of his spark with the move, which, again, not necessarily his fault, but I just don't feel like I see the same him. I don't see the same effectiveness. I don't see the same shooting. He's still got the circus shots. He's still got the acrobatics. He's still a very athletic player. Um, I just – I'm not as high on him as I used to be. I guess I should just put it that way. Mm. I I I I I think that it's because he's in a team more of in a team uh, atmosphere with the Spurs, so he can't really showcase his his skill because you know Pop runs that runs that bitch, and they're gonna do whatever Pop says to do. So I feel like if he were on another on a different team, um, let's say if he would have gone to let's say the Pacers with with Victor Oladipo. I think that would have been been a, a great place for him to showcase his skills, or a um, let's see what's another team that would be very good to see him in, or, or like him in the Bulls with him and Zach Levine. That would be a nice, nice little one-two punch. I just think that him being in a team ball atmosphere, DeMar DeRozan is another one of those guys that I feel like he would have benefited a lot if he would have played in the 90s. Yeah. Because he's very much an ISO player. I agree with you. I agree with you from that that standpoint, definitely. So Like, he, he definitely would have fit uh, better a little bit back. But, um, yeah, that's all right. I, I disagree with you a little bit, but not necessarily. Who do you have at, uh, you have at 44? Uh, big Stevie Adams, dude. I like Stevie Adams. He uh, I'm at 44, but he's he's damn close. Um, but I do love Stevie Adams. Uh, from another, uh, again, my affinity towards big men. Uh, what doesn't Stephen Adams do? Yeah, he's terrific, man. He is, he is your, he's the type of center that you kind of want, especially if you have a guard heavy offense. Well, he's fucking tough. First of all, he's tough as nails. Um, he's tough as nails. He's bit. He's just a big boy. Uh, he he rebounds the ball. He plays defense. He doesn't take for, take away from the offense. He's he's just literally there for rebounds and being a big guy. That's all he is, and he's very damn good good at it. He's my favorite player to go look back at their draft day photos because, oh, my yep. God. Because <laughs> he doesn't like, even look the same. Yeah. He doesn't even look the same. No, he doesn't look the same at all. I'm like, I he thought looks he like, like a caveman, but no, no. 
Mm-hmm. Not always the case. No, man. He he started off as uh, the the boy next door, the guy that you wanted your girl, your daughter to to go out with, and then now he's Aquaman. Yep. He's Tarzan. He's he's a wild man, dude. But yeah, no, I love Steve Adams. I think he's great. I I think it'd be a disservice if we if we left him out of the top fifty. For sure. I don't have him there. Um, I have Conley at 44, which we talked about Conley, but Steve yeah. Adams, is, he's, he's just a little behind. Who do you have at 45? This is where I have Lou Will. Lou Will. Lou Will. Um, yeah, so, we, I mean, I guess if you could say I was a little bit high on him, maybe, but, I mean, I think we still both agree of the I, value that he brings. Yeah, he is very, very valuable. He is a great, great asset. I think that him – being in the second rotation helps any team that he's on because he is a very smart, intelligent basketball player. He is, he should be a star, but the fact of the matter that he comes off the bench, he, he, I think he likes coming off the bench because he likes, uh, he kind of likes getting in, in, into his, I feel like he likes uh, kind of getting into his rhythm with, with the second team first and then when he they start integrating first team that's when he starts you know really really flourishing that's how he gets his shots that's how he, how he kind of gets going is with the with the second team and again he still plays almost starter minutes he plays 29.3 minutes a game so. oh yeah yeah so i mean he's very very important to whatever team he plays on i think he's he, he's terrific and especially for his age i feel like him and jamal crawford are are two players that definitely should have been career starters, but they're career six men. And there's nothing wrong with that. Cause both and there's of them... nothing wrong with that because they both are, are beasts. I think Jamal Crawford should definitely be on a team right now. I don't give a fuck if the motherfucker's 40, if that dude can still play at 50 and he's still giving, giving you buckets. Uh, I think he, he, he deserves to be on, on an NBA team. I think it's a damn shame that, that, uh, People are saying, "Oh, he's forty years old. Who gives a shit? If he can still drop, drop, drop points for you and make your and help your team out, I don't care if he's fucking 60. Take a wild guess of what my forty-five is. I'm very curious if you get this. You're forty-five. Oh, John. No, I got uh, Mr. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, as your 45 as my 45 you know what's funny dude my first reaction was gonna say that because i have him on my 46 i love shay and I, the clippers in any other scenario unless it was to get paul george and Kawhi leonard would have been fools to get rid of him but i yeah. get why they did it because he's such a valuable young asset and he works really well with okc dude he's just you let him blossom a little bit his game is so well-rounded already i mean you, you just give him a little bit of time to blossom. He's a great passer. He's a great defender. He's, a, he's not a great shooter. He's a decent shooter. But every, like, asset, facet of his game is solid or above average. Like, he's, he's not bad Absolutely. at anything he does. And Absolutely. he's so young, man. You just give him some time. And that man, uh, he'll figure it out. He's already figured it out, but he'll figure it out. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I, like I said, I, I, have, I, I have him at 46, obviously, because of Lou Williams. But I, I I completely agree, and I only think he is going to get better being under the tutelage of uh, Chris Paul. He can if if I was if I was shy, I would be picking the shit out of Chris Paul's brain because there is there's so much that he can learn from uh, Chris Paul, and if he can just take a couple of things from from Chris Paul, he's going to be such a terrific player. 
Absolutely. I 100% agree. So, yeah. Um, I have him as my 46. Who's your 46? Uh, my 46 is Mr. Adams. So um, Okay. Okay. And we already talked about him. I love, uh, I love Mr. Adams. He's, uh, like I said, he, he's very, very well-rounded. And, dude, he just cracks me up. He's such mm-hmm. a – He's such a statue, but he's also a super, super fucking funny guy. Yeah, he's he's a chill dude. Like I feel like he is he is a, an enforcer on the on the basketball court, but he's the type of dude that you just want to want to go to a dive bar and, and share a pint with him. Dude, my favorite one of my favorite stories is Jimmy Butler talking about the time that he like ran in. Uh, he tried to go for a dunk over Stephen Adams and ran into him, and he was like, "That guy was made out of rock. Like he's not made out of the same thing." Yeah. He's 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 a monster, dude. I love I love Steve Adams. So that was my forty six. Who's your forty seven? Uh, this is where I have Mr. Bounce, Zach Levine. Okay, I have him one spot behind, but I love Zach Levine, dude. He, he's so good. So overlooked, man. So he overlooked. is extremely overlooked, and I just think again, I think he's with the Bulls, which the Bulls haven't been a big market since Derrick Rose. Yeah. Yeah, and and before that, the Bulls weren't even relevant until until like uh, Michael Jordan. They had they really haven't been big unless they have been a perennial All Star. Um, Zach Levine, I think he's very very good. I think he still has room to grow, but he's getting better. And I mean, twenty five points a game with a forty five percent. Uh, field goal 38 percent three-pointer which is very very impressive for Zach Levine somebody that that has kind of been known for his dunking ability not necessarily his shooting ability he's also giving you almost five rebounds a game and four assists a game with almost two steals a game so again I think Zach he needs needs Laurie Markkinen to kind of grow a little bit and I, well, think I don't that, think they're doing. I don't think they're using or utilizing uh, marketing enough. I think they're they're kind of snubbing him. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of sucks. But I yeah, do, I wish Chris Dunn would have been been the player that that he was meant to be because I think that would have really really been good with with uh, Zach Levine's uh, skill set. But Kobe White, we still got Kobe there. So oh yeah, Kobe White's uh, he ain't in the list right now, but. It probably will be too hard to keep him out of it uh, moving forward. I think the Bulls. The Bulls are a young, interesting team. I'm very, very interested to see where they're going to be at in three seasons. They're just going to be in the same spot though, because they're just plagued, just like the Knicks are. It's just really, really bad management, and it's yeah. so depressing. And it's shitty because they still have the same owner that 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 they had when when the Bulls were winning all those championships. Well. What are we gonna do? I'm not gonna dwell yeah. on it. Um, I have yeah. Demar at 47. I still okay. like Demar Rosen. I just I couldn't put him that high. Um, I still think he's he's great. He's just not. I I just felt like if I put him ahead of some of these other guys that we mentioned, I, I'd be doing them a disservice. So I'm at 47, and then I have Zach Levine at 48. Okay. So um, and I love Levine, and mm-hmm. he's a sneaky shooter. He's a very good shooter. Um, super athletic. You you pretty much hit all the highlights. Who do you have at 48? Mr. DeMonte Sabonis. I love Sabonis. I really do. Yeah, dude. I I think DeMonte Sabonis is a very, very good player. I I loved him in Gonzaga. I loved seeing him in Gonzaga. Um, 
and dude, he just he just came out of nowhere too. I feel like he he was he wasn't really utilized all that much in OKC. And as soon as he went to the Pacers, man, he he just I don't know, man. He just he just popped off a rebounding machine, dude. He's 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 giving you twelve rebounds a game as well as five assists for a power forward. Oh, he's the man. I love Sabonis. We talk about the traditional European player. There you go. Mm-hmm. He's I mean, great. he has a lot of he ha- he has a a little bit of his dad's skill set. So with the, with the passing ability, so that's that's really cool. Obviously, I feel like he's a lot more athletic than his dad because his dad was literally just a big fat old guy when he came into the NBA. So he's my forty nine. So I have him right there. You you know I love Sabonis. Who do you have yeah. at forty nine? Who did you have a oh, who do you have a forty eight? Uh, I said Levine. Oh, okay. Uh, my 49 is uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Oh, another great one. Another great one. Another great. And the, the great thing about him is, dude, his three-point percentage. He mm-hmm. is a marksman. Marksman. Mm-hmm. 41.4 from three. Yep. Woo. Yep, yep, yep. He is, he is like – he's almost like a Peja, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see your point there. He's like a Peja Kukoc type of player. I mean, he's he's not the focal point, but damn, is he a great role player? Absolutely, and sometimes that's and all he you gets need. hot and he gets really hot really quick. I oh, remember I when uh, yeah, dude, I remember seeing seeing uh, the Cavs versus the Pacers, and holy cow, dude, there was there were so many times where I see Bogdanovich hitting such clutch shots. He's he's another player, man. He's not afraid of the big moments. And he is, I just, I just love that man's game. He's not too flashy for, he's not, he's not the, he, he has that perfect balance of being not too terribly flashy, but not boring either. So he was my 50. Who'd you have to round out the list? This is a curious one. Uh, little LeBron, Eric Bledsoe. Mm, interesting. Why? Why do you have him at 50? I, I, Bledsoe would have never came to mind for me. I think he's still a very, very great player, man. He's a good, he's a great point guard. He does, he does what what uh what Giannis needs from him, and and Chris Middleton needs from him. I mean, he gives you fifteen point four points a game, uh, forty eight point two from field goal. I feel like that is not great, but it's not bad either. Uh, he's giving you thirty four point eight percent from the three point line. Again, not great but not bad it's good it's serviceable he's also doing giving you uh almost five rebounds a game for a point guard um he's giving you five assists and i mean he's giving you a steal a game too essentially i think eric bledsoe is a very good player i think people don't give him give him his credit he's every team that he's gone to he has been good it's not like like he's a system player he's 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 a good good basketball player yeah I I don't know if I would have ranked him that high I see your point I just don't really think of much other than passing a little bit of defense when I think of blood so I think he he works really well as a system player and a role player with the Bucks. I just don't I don't know that's that's the thing Here's the thing, though. The reason why Bledsoe, it, you don't see that much from Bledsoe, is because he's. I don't even think he's the third option on on that on that uh, Milwaukee team, but he's still he's still putting up 15 points as a fourth option. 
Yeah, I mean, I see your point. I just, I at the end of the day, I don't imagine. Know if imagine if, mind. imagine if he was a number two. I'm not saying that he's a number one or anything like that, but I'm just saying if he was a number two, he would still be very, very good in it. He would be putting up way better numbers than he is right now. The fact of the matter is, is he, he's a he, he has become a role player. I mean, he's definitely a role player. There's nothing wrong with that. I just, I wouldn't have had him as high. I still think he's yeah. a good player. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. I think you, 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 you aren't putting enough respect on Eric Bledsoe's name. But who do you have at fifty? Who do you think that is better than Eric Bledsoe? Well, I had Bogdanovich at fifty. Okay, with your list, that makes that makes sense. But I, I still think Eric Bledsoe, man, he's terrific, 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 terrific. I can't believe we got through that. And actually stayed on track for the most part too. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it it got it got pretty it got pretty good for the most part. You and I see eye to eye, and that, I mean, I feel like that's how you and I. Uh, that's why you and you and I uh, have this podcast because you and I. I feel like we're very very proficient in 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 in, in sports, and we see the same things. So. I just can't believe I can't believe you had John Wall that high. That's going to be the biggest takeaway I take from this. Motherfucker, dude, you're you're just not respecting John Wall. Dude, he is a top I, I twenty still player. I'm respecting him. I'm just saying he hasn't been. No, you're not. Way. I can't believe Ob- you put that man. Obviously, that obviously, you don't have any respect for John Wall because if you did, you wouldn't you wouldn't be batting an eye at me putting John Wall at twenty. John Wall is good when he's healthy. He's good. He is a he is one of the best players in the in, in the NBA. One healthy, and you can't I don't even say know that. If I agree with that. Why? How? That. How? How? One how can you not agree with that? How so? Like one of the best players, like what a top five player when he's healthy? Is that what you're getting at? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm I'm saying that he's probably a top fifteen player. I feel like I can, when healthy, I can probably put put a couple of these guys ahead of some other some some of these healthy players. But I think John Wall would be one of those one of those players that I would move up if if healthy. I'll cap the conversation by saying if he was fully healthy and I could see more of a sample size, I'd have no problem putting him in the top 20 somewhere. But as it stands right now. Motherfucker, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, you better not be putting him in the 20s. He should be, he should be no, no lower than 15. Top 20. So. He should be no lower than, than 15 when healthy. I'm just saying right now in this current lens, I, I, I can't, I'm not comfortable putting him that high. I don't You're You're crazy. You're maybe, crazy. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm curious if more people would agree with me or you on that take, but that's neither here nor there. Um, All right. Well, we do have a little bit of breaking news while we were talking about our list. I guess the MLB want want for you is deciding that they're going to end up coming back. Yeah. I just saw uh, that. It looks like it's going to be a 60, 60 game, game season. Yeah. 60 game season. Um, if the players report by uh, July 1st and agree on health and safety protocols. So, I don't know, man. Fuck baseball. I ain't watching baseball. I mean, the only reason I would go watch baseball is if they're allowing fans in there and we go to Coors Field to watch watch a Rockies game. That's about it. Yeah, they ain't allowing any fans inside or inside any stadiums anytime soon. So, well, good luck fucking having people watching baseball then, because who is gonna watch baseball? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm Uncle saying. Ba- Uncle Barry. I guess it become it could become the new golf uh, Saturday Sunday afternoon nap. Here's you know? here's the fucking funny thing about it is, dude. I think golf has surpassed baseball. I would say so. I I'm much more of a fan of golfing, and that's probably a personal preference because I like to golf as well. But um, yeah, I certainly would agree with you. 
I don't, I don't think you're far off on that. Yeah. Baseball no. kind of lost its touch. I, don't get me wrong. I still – the biggest thing for me is, man, they, they took away the pitching gifts off the internet. They, they don't allow you to post the gifts anymore. I used to love watching the gifts of, like, Syndergaard or Matt Harvey or, you know, anybody. Clayton Kershaw throwing nasty, nasty curveball, nasty splitter. I mean, those – the gifting pitches were the best. Uh, and fantasy baseball is also fun to play, but overall as a sport, uh, yeah, there's, like, no entertainment value to it. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm not going to – I'm not going to, to – to watch baseball. I already have an issue with watching baseball. The I get like I told you, the only reason I like watching baseball is because I watch the Rocky Rockies and and occasionally the Blue Jays. I really like the Blue Jays too. But um I, I will boast one quick brag about baseball is the Royals farm system is about to be loaded um because they decided not to get rid of any other minor league players and said they were going to keep paying them and everybody was like, "Oh, okay." Well, cool. I kind of want to play for that team. Fuck all the rest of you. Um, so that would be great because I historically grew up with the Royals being dog shit other than that two-year run we had. Um, yeah, you guys were good for, for for two years and then fucking fluttered, dude. You guys fucking pooped out everything. Every, everybody left. We had to. Everybody, everybody cost too much money. I mean, it, the, you can't – to some degree, the small market, like, formula does does come into play. I mean, it's – you can make it work, but it's it's with small market teams in baseball, you got to make it work when those guys are young. It's kind of like you know running back in the NFL. You got to get that value out of them quick, um, which you know goes back to drafting and your farm system and all that. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but I, I guess baseball coming back something. Uh, we'll see if they actually go through with it. Uh, hopefully, the players are getting 100% of the money because if they settle for anything less than that, that's bullshit. Um, yeah, but who knows? Uh, I'm sure the owners and uh, the cuck that Manfred is, I'm sure they, they felt the pressure and realized that if they jeopardized this or let it run its course any longer, that they were just going to become more irrelevant than they already are. And they mm-hmm. know that they're, they're grasping for air. So a uh, smart move by them. Can't believe it took them, you know, a couple months to figure this shit out. That could have been the first sport to come back. And now like they may get overshadowed a lot. So we'll see, but uh, yay, baseball. <laughs> yeah no hey quick question and this might be a little bit random okay since uh dwight howard isn't uh going to be coming back per per what he was saying prior to the opting in or opting out what would you think about the lakers going after nerland's noel I don't think it would fill all of the cracks, but I don't necessarily hate that move. That sort of answers your question. I think you I did not that they rely on Dwight Howard much, but I still think you probably get a little bit more, but Nerlens Noel is still going to give you some value and some minutes at the end of the day. Um, and that's really all they need. So I think that works pretty well. Yeah. Well, I, I, I right now. I he, he's either a free agent after the season or he's a free I'm I'm trying to figure that out. Uh let me see. He's definitely still playing. Is he still with the Thunder? I think he is still with the Thunder, but I I like I mean maybe trying to do like a trade 
for for Nerlens? I mean, it's possible. I don't know what the Lakers would want to give up for him, though. I don't know if they're – I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if they're that desperate for Dwight Howard that they'd go out and make a move like that. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. I, I don't know. I just saw that – It does have just, some nice depth for the playoffs, but yeah. I'm not sure if at this point they may be able to coax Dwight to come back and play or they may just feel like they can do it without him, which uh, yeah. both could be true. So, um, What do you think of What do you think of the Clippers signing Joe Keane? I think that was a little sneaky. I think that was a little sneaky move. I don't think he's yeah. going to be, like, fantastic by any stretch, but, I mean, he he's serviceable. Bad. He's yeah. serviceable. He's definitely serviceable. Uh, and I think he deserved another shot to play because, God, man, the Knicks just run people into the ground. Mm-hmm. The Knicks have just, are, are just not very good for talent. They ruin players that really do have a shot of being good. I mean, plain and simple. They, a yeah. lot of guys that really deserve a chance and should be on a better team. I mean, R.J. Barrett, for God's sakes, like, I feel bad for him because uh, he really – not to say that he can't still be good with the Knicks, but, man, imagine if he went to a better team. Yeah. I think no. he was drafted a little too high, in my opinion, but that's, you know. Really, I don't know, man. I think all the hype around Zion, I think the media was just so focused on Zion, they people forget about R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I just – I don't think he was ever the shooter that he was supposed to be or people, like, painted him out to be. Um, yeah, but then again, I mean, you have Zion fucking Williamson. On, another player that I just – I keep on forgetting about just because he was the third wheel, Cam Reddish. I really hope that dude comes 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 out and just balls out. He's playing with the Hawks. He'll be all right. Really I hear – I just really hear that, that, that Cam Reddish was actually – the, the the best player in that team. I mean, I, I I like I like I like Cam Reddish, and I think the Hawks is a perfect spot for him. There's not a whole bunch of a spotlight on you with the Hawks, and I yeah. think they have a really good crop of young talent, and they've been pretty notorious for player development over the years. So, um, I don't I don't think that uh, I think Cam Reddish may turn out to be a more solid player than R.J. Barrett. I hope I'm wrong, but. I really do think he's a better player. I don't think that's a crazy take. Yeah, no, I I completely I, – I, I agree with you, man. I mean, I just think – I I think Cam Reddish has a higher ceiling, but I don't think that RJ is going to be a scrub either. Yeah, it's just – I always have to keep thinking about RJ and thinking about the Knicks because it just – it doesn't seem like they're going to get their act together. I hope I'm proven wrong. I don't like to see guys like that fail, but, I mean, it's just – he shouldn't. He really shouldn't. He's he's an immense talent. I mean, his godfather is Kevin, or not Kevin, but Steve Nash, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he figures it out. But you know what? We got to give him some time uh, to his credit. Uh, he just, I mean, he was a rookie this year. So we, we got to yeah. give him some time for sure. Yeah. No, I'm very, very excited to see exactly what he's going to bring to the game. I, I, I really hope that, that the Knicks don't fuck him up because he really, he, he, he should be a good player and i think given the circumstances if he was in a, in a better team i think he would he would but i'm not too confident that the that these motherfuckers uh the the knicks are gonna are gonna are gonna treat them right i think they're gonna do the board dirty no doubt well uh before we get out of here what do you uh what do you got cooking for album of the week over there 
Um, I'm gonna go with an oldie, bro. I'm gonna go with what a time to be alive. Oh, too many great memories with that one. That was uh, I remember I was so hyped for that coming out. I was like, dude, future Drake. I was like, this is about to be. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it was. I mean, it it yeah. I still go back every once in a while and you know listen to big rings or diamonds dancing or plastic bag and i'm like yeah this is uh this is some real stuff jump man jump man's still a hype song that's a great yeah. great i favorite. think i think with me i th- with all especially with drake songs and drake projects i feel like it takes me a while to really appreciate them i need them to age a little bit and me going back and then i appreciate them a lot more but this album what a time to be alive oh my goodness so many bangers um, you did mention uh, Big Rings, obviously Jumpman, but dude, you, 30 Lord. for 30 freestyle, 30 That's for true. 30 freestyle, jerseys. My my favorite song is I'm the Plug. Yeah, honestly, love, out of that, that whole out of that whole project, I'm the Plug is probably my favorite song. But um, well, and it was produced super amazing, well too. Yeah. I mean, it helps well, Metro that. Boom. Yeah. I mean, that that that's what brought Metro Boom. Like, that, I feel like Metro Boom was 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 a, a big producer, but I feel like that really uh, cemented his his legacy. Was was what a time to be alive. Um, recently, well, they got, him big. They got yeah. him big because, like, then afterwards, like he did the Twenty One Savage Offset um, Future. Like, he did a bunch of different. I mean, he's done Travis Scott, Quavo. I yeah, mean, I mean, he has the best fucking tagline out of any producer ever if young metro don't trust you i'm gonna shoot you what were you gonna say about metro i'm sorry i rudely cut you off there oh uh, no it's all good but like i feel like uh like metro he 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 really he really uh stepped it big when with with this what a time to be alive um when uh when i started seeing the leaks of uh of the future and Drake songs, I thought what a time to be alive too was going to start popping out because they did a prod, the project desires that's on a uh, mm-hmm. Drake's Drake's new project that he, he released. And then uh, what's that other song? Um, life is good. Uh, yeah. Life is good. I mean, I really thought that that was going to, it was going to be another, what a time to be alive project. I was getting really hyped, but it turned, I don't think it's going to end up happening. I, oh. <laughs> turns out I've said one this, thing you know for true uh, is that drake and future is like your peanut butter and jelly that that shit oh every time. so per- but i feel like future bond works with anybody he really does i love future what who who before we go who is your top five uh top five artists uh with, within like 2010 and now without like what with 2010 and now yeah like they that like most of their body of work has been 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 in in, in this last uh yeah, so it'd be uh, it'd be Kendrick, J. Cole. This is no order, by the way. Um, yeah, it's Kendrick, J. Cole, uh, Drake, uh, Future, and then Mac Miller. Okay, I got I got I got Kendrick, I got Drake, I got Cole, I got Future. My fifth, my fifth is it's gonna surprise you, but Young Dolph is probably my fifth. That is a wild, wild, wild pitch. I really, I really like Young Dolph, it, it, and it's not because he's the most lyrical person or anything like that. I just really like his music. 
I mean, I could put Travis up there, but I feel like Travis is is exactly the same. It's just his music is awesome. My album of the week is uh, slowing it down quite a bit, um, but this is – I do not hesitate by saying this is one of my favorite albums of all time because it's such a body of work. Uh, Malibu, Anderson Pock. It mm. is – Dude, it's vibey, mm. it's warm, it's lyrical, it's, I mean, it, it it's everything. Anderson Paul. I love this album. It's so good. Uh, everything. And, like, the other thing is, um, he's got the song with the game on there. And I've never heard the game rap like that. Like, that beat worked mm-hmm. out so well for him. It, it's one of my favorite songs to just go listen to because, first of all, I mean, Pac is – a whiz when it comes to the samples i mean these songs have fantastic samples i mean i don't know where they're getting these samples from but they work so fucking well um it's just and i love his voice too his voice just works works with that jazzy upbeat kind of music you know like anytime i hear an anderson pock uh pock uh project it's always bouncy like i always want to get up and you know just 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 move bro Dude, like he's it's got always like just he's got so much variety and like so many different artists or artists like on his last album you know he did Andre 3000 he had Smokey Robinson on there like I mean he's he's done do you like Malibu better or, or Oxnard I I've really liked Oxnard Oxnard's really good um but Malibu is just I I've listened to it so many times and it, it's just I I think it's one of the the best like hip-hop R&B albums you can listen to front and back I mean you can I, yeah you can put it on at any point in time um at any point in the album and just let it run and it's just it like tells a story it, it's very all over the place it's very you can tell he spent a lot of time with it it's very artistic and it's very like intellectual um and it's just good vibes all around i love anderson Box. yeah no uh i am not mad at that pick man i love his uh song come down like that's oh, probably my favorite yeah. song that's probably my favorite song from malibu um but yeah man it, it, it it's good fucking pick dude but yeah, man, top 50. I thought that was going to take a lot longer than I expected. It definitely still took us a minute, but yeah, we definitely, uh, we got through that faster than I anticipated as well. Yeah, man. But that was, uh, that was our top 50 guys. Um, please let, uh, me or Bloyd know, uh, what you guys think of everything. Um, it, what do you agree with our list? Do you not agree with our list? Um, and yeah, man, just, uh, just give us the feedback, man, that, that we're always looking to get better at the end of the day. We want to have people enjoy this show. So we can't really do it without your guys' feedback. So, and, uh, yeah, keep listening, keep the, uh, keep the, the things coming our way, uh, so we can keep changing this and moving this in the direction uh, that we want it to go. And, uh, we'll catch you guys next week.